Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics are talking everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Tuesday. You know what that means. We've got another episode of Carpool Rugby League coming your way. Massive addition tonight. We didn't get a chance to get uh, an episode out last week. So uh, this week's our big grand final review. We've got all the talk about the uh, 2023 grand final. Uh, we'll look back at the one of the most spectacular grand finals in history. Uh, we'll talk about that. Obviously, the uh, other games on the day, the NRLW, the... Um, uh, state championship or the reserve grade Super Bowl as we like to call it. We're talking extracurricular activities outside of rugby league and the impact that might have on N- the NRL. And um, also too, we've got uh, we've actually got footy coming up this week. We've got the um, Pacific Championships all starting, so we'll talk the latest in regards to uh, team news with a focus, uh, as you'd imagine, on the the Kangaroos and all the other teams that we'll be playing this week. Um, it's unbelievable. It's we're heading towards mid October, and we've still got plenty of footy to talk about. Uh, I, I don't know how to throw to you, Griff. I, I think it's just one of those situations where there's going to be so much for you to say. But I'm just going to throw it to you in this way. Uh, you must be absolutely thrilled with how uh, the grand final turned out because it was an absolutely thrilling game, and um, yeah, the the, the result was um, was in doubt right up until the end. It was a great game. Yeah, first, uh, thanks, Graham. Um, I, I'm not uh, emotional at the moment like I have been for a while. Um, I've been a bit of a uh, a bit of a tear machine, uh, um, thinking about it, watching bits and pieces. I've been listening to a lot of stuff. Um, apparently, there are other podcasts out there and. Uh, other organizations who talk about this sort of stuff so um but i just if i go back to the night um i all week i didn't watch too much stuff didn't listen to too much stuff on the podcast on, on you know in the media um i wasn't pumped at all uh if we when you did our our uh, grand final preview um, and, 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 you know, I, I obviously talked about it, but even on the day, it, it I wasn't pumped at all. I just got to the ground still, you know, it wasn't really, it wasn't till, uh, the pre-match entertainment, which I thought was really good. Uh, some have criticized it, but, um, you know, being at the ground and the crowd, it, it pumped the crowd up. Uh, and I certainly got pumped up um, just before the game. And uh, um, and then the game started. Um, Penrith dominated the first half, but their attack was really clunky. And uh, um, the first try was basically the uh, the soccer 
uh, own goal. Uh, I said <laughs> yeah. to uh, to my said that's uh, that's a rugby version of the own goal there Ooh. with Herbie Farmworth uh, leaping up um, from the uh, dropout from Reynolds. And I, I talked about in the preview, um, so I was listening to it a couple of nights ago, um, the fact that this was an area of advantage for the Broncos, um, the aerial supremacy that, that they have. Unfortunately, uh, Herbie got up there. He probably could have caught the ball, and he'll look back at that and think, why did I not just catch the ball? No one else was uh, going for it. He just knocked it back, and Mitch Kenny... Uh, couldn't believe it. Um, just thank you, Herbie, and yeah, just fell gift. off the line. And uh, yeah, I, if anyone had, and, I, and again, I, I don't bet, um, but I'm sure Mitch Kenny would have been at uh, long odds to be the first try scorer in the grand final. Yeah. Yeah, um, fair point. His first try of the year, his second of his career. So it doesn't happen too, too often, but um, yeah, you could almost put it down as an own goal or an own try from from Herbie, who who had a really good game, uh, mm. and, and I think he's a great player, Herbie Farmworth. Um, and Penrith, they, they controlled the uh, field position, but as I said, their attack was uh, clunky. There were a couple of opportunities out wide where the ball just didn't get to the winger, and, and there a few times that they did have an overlap. Uh, and then uh, the Broncos, to their credit, scored one right on half time. Um, anyone who saw it on any screen isn't convinced uh, it, it was a try from Fred Flegler. Get that out, Thomas Flegler. Um, but the referee gave it a try, and uh, he was closer than anyone. So, um, so they went in eight six, and I thought, gee, we you know we, we haven't really dominated the scoreboard. We've we've sort of been in control, but the Broncos that would have given them a lot of encouragement. Because uh, they just kept dropping the ball early, and you know? you've got to think part of that was grand final nerves. Uh, they made a lot of mistakes. Uh, um, Cobo was one who made a mistake. Um, I shouldn't single him out because there was half a dozen of them um, coming up with errors um, that were, you know, you, I guess it seemed like they were nervous in that first half. Come out in the second half, and um, they just went berserk. The Broncos, um, led by Ezra Mam, who possibly had the greatest grand final performance of a uh, non-Clive Churchill winner. Um, he just tore the Panthers to shreds, and then uh, with his pace, uh, couldn't get. Uh, Dylan Edwards for the first one couldn't get across to make the tackle after Mum broke the line. Very soon after that, he did it again. Um, and uh, the third time, it was Reese Walsh putting on a massive step to beat Nathan Cleary and make the break and, and pass inside to Mum. And the Broncos were on absolute fire. Um, scoring 18 unanswered uh, points in the uh, second half. Uh, I think like with it might be about 17 or 18 minutes to go, they were up by 16 points. 
and I'd, I'd written the Panthers off. I, I just thought uh, I just didn't want to see him get embarrassed because um, that's that's how it was going. The way the Broncos were just mm. literally tearing him apart out on the, uh, the left hand side of the Broncos, right hand side of the, the Panthers it was all. That's where all the uh, the action was. And there's a lot of people there who I've talked to just to just to chime in here before we get too far along. There's a lot of people I've talked to, including Penrith fans, who at that point in the game, that 55th minute, when Mam scored that third try, were thinking, oh, geez, let's just hope it's it's not a belting. And, yeah. the, you know, I was getting text messages from my friends that are Penrith supporters saying, oh, hope, hope they don't run away with it, Mam for Churchill medal. Yeah, this is from Penrith Supports. I've got another one. Actually, mm. you know, Michael will be listening to this who does our music. He actually told me after the third try, he turned it off and went, I'm going to go, you know, brush my teeth and go to bed. And he, and he had to think about it while he was brushing his teeth. And he thought, oh, maybe we're still a chance. And he turned it back on and and all of a sudden Leota was going over, which is, you know, which is what we're getting to here. This is all one right. of the greatest comebacks in yeah. rugby league history, let alone grand final history. Yeah, um, I just thought I don't know what what we need something to change the momentum of the game. So we we saw Isaiah Yo go off to the uh, that for a HIA. Scott Sorensen was HIA. Jerome Luai was out of the game with his uh, shoulder injury, and um, I, I thought there were no hope because uh, there was there was literally nothing happening. I can't put it down to a, a specific turning point that was able just to halt, if not change momentum. But I know there was a a drop ball from the Broncos went back and, and Crichton dived on it deep in in Panthers territory. I think that was before Moses Leota went over for his try. But as you said, uh, they got it downfield. Um, and Nathan Cleary broke the line. Um, I think he put a palm on Kurt Capewell, it might have been. And a former Penrith uh, player, of course, played in the, the grand final victory over the Rabbitohs, Kurt Capewell. Um, and inside was uh, Moses Leota, who's the only guy there. And, and he went over to score and uh, added at that stage what I thought, well, that, that's a little bit of respectability to the score. So that made it 26-14. I still wasn't really thinking uh, victory. Um, then we see the, and this guy will go down as uh, the great Stephen Crichton. Um, we talk about the great Brett Kenny scoring. Uh, I think he scored two tries in three grand finals in a row um, in the early 80s for Para. Uh, in their winning streak. Stephen Crichton uh, outpowered uh, his opposite Katoni Staggs and a couple of other Broncos overran him and, and he scores out wide. Cleary puts it over. Both kickers um, were, well, no one missed a kick uh, and both kickers had some some tough ones from the sideline. Credit to both uh, Adam Reynolds and Nathan Cleary on, on their, their goal kicking. Um, but that took it back to a four-point gap, and and I still didn't really think that we're going to win. Like I thought, okay, we're sort of in it, but um, 
but uh, yeah, Nathan Cleary, uh, with not a lot of time left in the game, maybe three minutes or so, uh, he produced what will be replayed for whatever the game is played, uh, a match-winning try where he, all, all night, they had been shifting it. Uh, when he got the ball, it went wider. This time, however, thought, no, now's the time. So he steps left, he beats one. He steps left, he beats a second. He steps left, he beats a third. And uh, then he beats uh, Reese Walsh, who was inside, but sort of didn't come across to cover. What, when you look at it now, was, was quite a large hole in the Broncos' defense. And that leveled the scores, but you knew uh, when he scores under the post, he ain't going to miss the kick. Um there was still probably about a minute and a half to go after that, but the feeling um, was pretty much the same for most supporters. And I, I sat in the uh, supporters, a member's ticketed area. Uh, unfortunately, there was a whole heap of Broncos in there as well. Um, I don't know if they pressed the wrong button, uh, read the tickets or... They just didn't care. They, they, maybe they, their, their tickets had been exhausted. Thought, okay, we'll, we'll get some in the Panthers area. But there was a lot of Broncos in that supporters area, and they were pretty happy for for much of that second half. But as it went on, uh, Penrith got the ball back. They went downfield. Broncos got the ball early on in that last six. Um, I think it was Reese Walsh passed inside, and I think it might have been Scott Sorensen who who intercepted the ball, and you knew then the game was over. Um, stunned was was my reaction, <laughs> just looking around. Like, and and I wasn't the only. There's a lot of faces that were just like, "What have we just seen? Did this just happen?" Um. It was literally unbelievable, uh, and you, you're sort of watching the game. And his uh, um, Cleary goes through it. We're we're watching history here being created, um, and you know when you think about that, like uh, you know, a lot of people for a lot of people will believe you know it's just a game. It's it, you know means not a great deal, but. Um, for people who are passionate about it, like like any sport, like it's sport, it is what it is, but it means so much to to so many, and um, like it was unbelievable. It literally was unbelievable what was what we just witnessed, and I, I thought, I'm here watching greatness. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's how I felt. Um, that comeback that. No, I didn't see coming. I, I don't know that anyone saw it coming. To be fair, um, it looked done and dusted when when Mam went over for for his third try. Mm. Not just the fact that the scoreboard had blown out somewhat, but was just the manner in which there's a lot the, of momentum this, behind Brisbane at that. Point. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it was the Broncos that, that were ten in minutes absolute oh, full flight. Drop. 
like yep. the best that they could produce. And again, I, I did say that the Broncos, they had really two areas of advantage. One was in the air, which I don't think they really exploited at all. Um, but the other one was their speed. And they certainly use that. And yeah, I, I, I got to credit Ezra Mam. He was absolutely brilliant what he did in in a grand final. But he still goes down as, as someone who didn't win on the night. Um, he couldn't have done any more. Um, and uh, he, he's shown just how good he is. He's still a very, very young man. Um, and uh, he obviously puts himself in the spotlight for when uh, I think he's able to negotiate on come November 1. I can't see the Broncos letting him go, but um, they're going to have to pay a lot more for him than uh, what they may have previously because uh, we are talking about a very special talent. He used to do it apparently in the Q Cup, but that was the Q Cup. He's only sort of really in his second year of full-time NRL and, and uh, he's he's a, an absolute, uh, he's a gem. Um, so the Broncos have, uh, they've got the makings obviously of a, of a powerhouse. Um, for the Panthers to overcome that, I, I still shake my head. Uh, so I know I saw it, it happened. I've, uh, I've relived it obviously a few times. Um, and I'll watch that game many times um, in the future. Um, yeah, it was special. Um, I've, I've never seen anything like it, and I, I don't think I'll ever see anything like it again. Uh, going into the game, uh, you know, the, everyone was sort of saying this could be one of the great grand finals. We've got two teams pretty much at the peak of their powers. One that's uh, the championship team, the other that's very much on the rise with amazing talent in their ranks. We saw, well, I think it's, you know, I think it can go down as, as the greatest, great, greatest grand final. Um, for those who don't agree, that's okay. It's up there with uh, with the greatest grand finals. Um, it was if if you are not someone who is a rugby league follower, but if you watch that, um, I think you might be now a rugby league follower. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that I doesn't hook you nothing, Will. Someone uh, who we both know, um, Graham uh, uh, Taco. Um, he, he actually, yeah, sent me a message. Um, (laughs) he actually watched it, you know, he, he hates sport. (laughs) He's not like rugby league, but, uh, yeah, he, he actually sent me a message. Uh, he actually watched it. So, uh, maybe, uh, maybe the NRL has a new, uh, a new fan. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just an amazing night. Um, I wasn't sitting with my daughters. Uh, they were in a different part of the ground, and I, I sort of text them. I said, "Look, you know, come down here." Um, 
the, the players will probably be over. This is sort of where they end up because it, it's it's the Panthers supporters bay. This was text me back. So I know we, we our tickets aren't good. I said, look, they open the gates. You'll be able to get in. So, um, so yeah, it was great to uh, share the um, afterwards with them. Um, uh, ended up staying at one of my door. We both, we all sort of stayed together that night and some of us sort of watched it again. It was just a, a, a fabulous night. And then uh, in the morning went to the, uh, the, the celebrations at uh, Panthers stadium. Uh, no controversy really this time around. Uh, uh, it was reported uh, to the, the crowd there that uh, unfortunately James Fisher Harris had come down with laryngitis. So, uh, he wasn't able to speak this time to the masses. <laughs> In fact, none of the players did, and I think that uh, might be <clears> for the best. But uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was just a, a probably adopted a few more sons. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big family man. Um, yeah, <laughs> all of his but, sons uh, he's got a body. He's collecting it. But he's got a few over the past few years with these premierships. But yeah, uh, what 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 are your thoughts? I mean, you're a neutral, Graham. Well, um, yeah, what, like, what were you thinking? I was look. I, I talked about it on the podcast last week. It was one of those, well, the week before, I should say, we're a couple of weeks removed now. It was one of those situations where I felt Penrith would win, but I knew that if any team could take it, it would be it would be Brisbane. And I'll be honest with you, early on in the game, I was worried for the Broncos. I thought they made a lot of errors. I think the Penrith settled into the game. Um, a lot better and I, I felt early on that those errors were going to catch up with Brisbane and it wasn't until that that 10 minutes where Ezra Mam scored those three tries where it, it was sort of weird it went from being a oh you know a Brisbane going to be able to stay in this yet they're still in the game because they got that try to having that feeling Brisbane's going to win this I was like Brisbane's going to win this they have all the momentum Penrith looked like they were on the back foot and it was something that 10 minutes is something we'd never seen done to Penrith before in, you know, not only grand final, not only finals, but a, a game. And I, I'll be honest with you, I thought the, the, the talk was, you know, with the people I was watching was, you know, Brisbane's, Brisbane's going to gonna do it here. And then it was just like you felt like an idiot because why would you write off this Penrith team? <laughs> you know, there is nothing that we have seen over the past four years that would lead you to think that this Penrith team wasn't capable of coming back or wouldn't come back. This this next period from Penrith was phenomenal because there were people starting to, you know, the, the text messages were coming, the talk was happening about that corridor, you know, in defense where Ezra Mann was making those, you know, they were scoring those tries, getting beaten for speed and talking about, you know, players that normally wouldn't make those mistakes and so on and so forth. And the one player I wanted to mention, I know we'll talk about him a fair bit tonight, and he scored that, that next try, which you go, okay, you know, it was, I saw that feeling like, yeah, they got a try, but, you know, will it get him in or not? It was, it was Leota. I thought he was massive for them on the night. Not only because he scored that try, I mean, he was there on the spot and, and backing up, but... He has just been so big for Penrith, and I'm just glad that people are giving him some of the credit he deserves because I knew coming out of this that, deservingly so, the talk would be about the Churchill medalist and Nathan Cleary. The The other points I wanted to make here about the game was you talked about turning points. I actually believe that the main turning point in this game and the point where I felt as though 
hang on, here they come, was, I feel like it was after the Leota try, but it might have been before the Crichton try, the 40-20 from um, yeah, Nathan Yeah, I think that was after the first try, yeah. Yeah, that was a huge point because that's when you start to just sit up and you, you know, you're sitting on your seat like the meerkat looking at the TV going, hang on, here we go. He, the, the, you know, the, the, the master hasn't yet, you know, started to play, so to speak. So that for me was a huge turning point. And then it just, you know, it just kept coming. Like, like you said, Stephen Crichton, I've got a stat here. And I'd be interested to see, you know, it wouldn't be something that would have happened very often. I'd have to look into it to see, you know, obviously you'd have to go back a very long time. But I'm positive that he scored a try now in four consecutive grand finals. Oh, yeah, that's as mentioned before. That's correct. Yeah, right? like, you know, I'm just saying, like, you I know, don't I knew think it's been done. he had scored and that, like, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not quite sure about that one. But, yeah, like, uh, the other stats that you may not have stolen my thunder with, you talked about Penrith being a big comeback. The Our stats checker here at Carpool Rugby League has it as the biggest comeback in NRL grand final history. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct, um, yeah. It's overtaken the... I think the one it overtook was Melbourne in um, 99 against St. George. I think that was a 14-point deficit um, wow. overcome on that day. So, you know, they, they, just when you think this team can't break any more records, they continue to break the records. Um, a lot of people are talking about this 15-minute game, this 15-minute period at the end for, for the Panthers. And... Those who don't necessarily watch a lot of rugby league, on the surface it might look like, oh, they were down and out and then they just, you know, went and blitzed them for 15 minutes. This team, Penrith Panthers, ended the night with a 97% completion rate, 37 out of 38. What, what we always talk about is Penrith just doing the little things right and strangling the other team. It was amazing how... Brisbane looked like they had so much momentum. They had the run of play. They were up by, what, 16 points. And then in a matter of 10 minutes, no one, I'll be honest with you, no one felt as though Brisbane had anything left in the tank when Nathan Cleary scored that try. You knew they were going to get the ball back, but the feeling wasn't, oh, we've got to watch out what they do this next set. The feeling was Cleary's just scored that winning try. And the, the biggest thing for me is this running game that has really developed. You know, we've talked about it possibly being as a result of Luai being out and Nathan Cleary taking the line on more and running the ball. This change in his game where he's taking the line on and running the ball more has culminated in this exact moment where that running game has won a grand final. That taking on the line, short, you know, 10 out from the line, 15 metres out from the line, Using his phenomenal footwork, his skill, just just phenomenal. I thought he was deservedly the you know the Churchill Medal winner. Only the second, uh, sorry, only the third person I should say to win it uh, twice. And who knows, he, he he could win it again before he's done. Um, Dylan Edwards, another one we obviously have to mention. We'll talk about him when we talk about the Kangaroos later. But uh, phenomenal effort as always. Two hundred and ninety six meters. I think we've got him down. Uh, for our stats, so I'm 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 with you. I think it's one of the great grand finals. I think it'll go down in history as one of the great grand finals. I'm 
oh, I'm thinking that that moment at the end there, this is the next generation along. And I know it sounds, I'm starting to feel a bit old now when it's another generation, but we're, you know, we're, we're, we're 25 years, a little bit more now on from that Darren Albert try for, for Newcastle. This next generation, this is this is going to be the the you know last gasp try that they remember to win a game and and yeah a, a phenomenal individual effort. So, Brian Mom. the Brisbane Bron- they I mean the Brisbane Broncos they were they were good they were they oh, looked, you know they were fantastic. They were, it was a great but, game. We had the, the right game. two teams, yeah. but geez the um that 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 Penrith this Penrith team there's something else they're. You know, and I know, you know, we've 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 only just gotten the the three peat in, but it, it, I I feel as though, you know, I mean, what, yeah, you know, that okay, yeah, you know, there's a few key players that that might be moving on, but um, if you know, very early prediction, there's there's nothing that'll, it's not a silly prediction to think that they could go four. Yeah, we'll come to that. I, I. I I didn't think they were going to go three, <laughs> but with fifteen um, minutes, with twenty five yeah, minutes ago, a lot of people didn't think so. Yeah, no, I didn't but, think they were going to go three at the start of the year, really. But we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that later um, uh, when Shano joins us. Uh, we're just going to take take us back to we went for a walk early in the year, the three of us, and uh, yeah, we talked a lot of footy. It was uh, it was one of the great walks. I really enjoyed it. But we'll come back to that when Shano's with us, but. Um, I, I haven't looked to, at the stats until right now. Um, a couple of, you mentioned earlier the, the 97% uh, completion rate by the Panthers. Uh, there was only a one Mitch Kenny uh, drop ball after he'd made a good run, actually. And, and when he hit the ground, he lost the ball. But the Broncos, on, on in contrast, they, they did turn ball over a lot, mainly in the first half. They didn't do drop yeah. it all that much in the second half, but yeah, they, they had a nervous start, you'd have to say. Um there's a there's a stat here that uh if if it was just a you know you didn't know it was a grand final and, and you didn't know a few things, you you think, what? Um and that is that uh the missed tackles um where are we? Sorry, I had it earlier. Missed tackles. Penrith, 61 missed tackles. Yeah. Now, in any game, if you think you're missing 61 tackles, you, <laughs> you're not winning a game. Mm. The Broncos miss 57. Yeah. It could be a record number of missed tackles. <laughs> um, that is not to say these teams can't defend because... They are the the two best defensive teams in the NRL currently. Mm. Um, what it does say is that uh, yeah, they're both you know pretty good attacking sides, um, but uh, in some cases those missed tackles were a result of sheer brilliance, like um, when uh, Mom did some of the things he did. Yeah. Uh, in other cases, it was guys rushing up and missing a tackle. Mm. Um, not necessarily the, the defender, the, the sort of making a big line break or anything. But, uh, yeah, it, but that's interesting to see it, that number of missed tackles. It is interesting on there because, you know, people. while we're looking at the stats, um, the Broncos had six line breaks to three, and we, we know yes. that there were times where they got through. And 
we were we were talking prior to the game about the speed of um of the Broncos and and even still just to put it in simple terms uh, scoring twenty four points against the Panthers is an excellent effort. They don't usually concede um, no. you know four tries in a game. No, and, their average is about twelve against per game. Yep. Yeah. And that, that just shows, I suppose, the quality of the Broncos. But another thing, too, we talked about and I was really big on was the speed of the play, the ball, uh, you know, in the middle of the field. And, and there were a few times where there were some nice quick play the balls and Ezra Mayer made the most of those. They, the Panthers did a really good job, I thought, of controlling the speed of the ruck, especially when they would do that, you know, what I would call that, you know, one-two punch go forward that they often do with Haas taking the first hit up, Carrigan taking the second and then, you know, the back's floating in, and usually that's um, Reese Walsh, and if he gets an early ball while the off a quick play the ball, that's where that speed was utilised. Penrith were very aware to that. Penrith really controlled that ruck in the middle of the field, controlled that speed, and that's what made it difficult for um, for Reese Walsh to get that early ball and go through. And, and part of me through the game was thinking, this isn't sort of working, and then Ezra Mam actually popped up and become an option, and they... They really benefited from from that little bit of change of tact, but I think the thing that gets lost in all of this as well when we talk about um, you know the, the the stats and whatnot, and we talk about these big moments is the is, is the role of the coaches, and yeah, you know, I'll come back to the big moments because obviously we got we got have every week we've got Griffo's grab and we want to we'll be interested to see which of those big moments we talked about earlier gets the official grab. But just also, too, from a Penrith's point of view, um, Ivan Cleary, the the Penrith Panthers, we've talked about the players, we've talked about, you know, the, the determination, uh, the adversity, the coaching. I mean, a lot of credit, too, to, to Kevin Walters and what he's done with this Broncos side. But Ivan Cleary's run at the Panthers... Um, over the past few years has has really cemented him as one of the great coaches. And you can actually see when you really break the game down and you look at the, the little one percenters that add up to a, to a big thing, that a lot of them are, um, are coaching one percenters and they're, they're systems in place, not necessarily, um, you know, players just, you know, playing off the cuff. There's nothing that Penrith does by accident. Um. Ivan Cleary, wow. Uh, for a long time, uh, he sort of had the monkey on his back, a little bit like Brian Smith in the, the thought process was, yeah, he's a, he's a good coach, but um, he can't actually get a team over the line to, to win a premiership. And... Uh, he lost uh, two grand finals, one with the Warriors when uh, he was quite young in his, his coaching career, but he did a fabulous job with the Warriors when he was there. Uh, he came over to the Panthers then and uh, probably well, nowhere near the success, obviously, that uh, that we've seen in his second coming. Um, he was sacked from his job yeah. at the Panthers and replaced by uh, Anthony Griffin um, and uh, then Griffin had a falling out with Gus Gould and uh, the chairman I believe um, 
the previous chairman, Dave, and my apologies for forgetting his name, uh, but he was the one that had negotiated for Ivan to come back, um, sort of without any involvement of, of Gus Gould in that negotiation process. But uh, my apologies to that man because he, Dave, I think it could be been O'Neill. No, no, no. Uh, Dave no. O'Neill, I think the guy was who was the previous chairman of the board. He's not on there at the moment. And if I've got his name wrong, I, I'm, I'm very apologetic. But he, he's a guy that has got to, you know, take uh, or be given credit for, for getting out. Yeah, I think it might have been Dave O'Neill. Yeah. Um, and there, obviously there was a massive amount of controversy about that. And um, we know some very uh, uh, salty, not quite the word, but uh, there was hatred from the Tigers supporters um, and some who still bear those grudges. Um, but they've got to acknowledge that, that this man is, is a very good coach. Uh, he's been coaching now for, well, a lot of games. Um, in three different NRL clubs, he's, he's coached as the head coach. Uh, I heard on, a, on another podcast today that he was part of the Roosters coaching uh, system when they won the grand final in 02, I think it was, uh, underneath Ricky Stewart. They had a number of assistant coaches, including John Cartwright, Dean Pay, and uh, one other, I think, that might have went on to be a, an NRL coach as well. Um, so I didn't realize that, uh, that he was involved in the Roosters uh, coaching staff. Uh, that would have been just after he finished playing. Uh, he, he represented the Warriors in their first grand final, which was in the early part of uh, the 2000s. And um, so he's been in rugby league, of course, for many, many years, played with Manly, played with the Bears, yeah. played with the Warriors, played with the Roosters. And um, he's coached at three clubs. So he's had extensive experience. And we're seeing that he is at the absolute top of his game. Um, in preparing a successful rugby league, not just a rugby league team, but a club. Um, so, uh, I mean, as a Panthers supporter, I sort of got pinch myself because this is sort of stuff like dreams. These are dreams. Yeah. You know, when and you'd be looking back on this era too because you, you made a good point, not to cut you off there, but just to lead to the next bit. When you were talking about him being compared... You know, people talk about him and Brian Smith. I remember before he won a premiership with Penrith, the big deal was, oh, if he's going to be in that conversation, he's got to win a premiership. Fast yeah. forward down the track, he's got three in a row. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's, so, and, and, you know, it, the, 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 to have that playing career and now this coaching career on top because, you know, he was, he was always one of those players too that was... You know, I, I think he was a top point scorer one year. Like he was always yep. those players in that, you know, in those conversations. And um, it was professional. Yeah. It was That's a professional. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, a professional as a player, he was very much a professional as a coach. He is a coach now that players seek to play for. Um, and 
And if you've got one of those in your club, you are in a, a great advantage in a salary cap era, era where players want to go to be coached by someone. And Wayne Bennett is obviously someone like that. Um, players want to be coached by guys like Craig Bellamy, uh, Trent Robinson. They attract players to their club. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, everything's... You, you you cannot have a have a rosier uh, situation than than currently is the case with the Penrith Panthers. And as I said, you know I, I've I've not always you know I didn't grow up as a Panthers supporter. I did support the Magpies as a child, um, and uh, into the mid eighties when I I started to be interested in Penrith because. I knew some of the guys I went to school with. They were playing lower grades um, and gravitated towards that. And the Magpies moved down to Campbelltown, so they lost that connection and um, started, you know, being interested in Penrith. Um, they were making finals of uh, Amco Cups or whatever they were called by that stage. And I was going to those games. Uh, then I, I worked, started work in the area, lived in the area. And, you know, I, I've been following them for yeah since the basically since the late '80s. So that's that's a long time. There's been some great times, and there's been some wooden spoons, and there's been some low times. But you cannot possibly have a better time. Than, than what it's been in, in I mean, in living in uh, four grand finals in a row, one, three, um, who knows what the future holds, but it, even if they don't win another grand final in my lifetime, Graham, this is, the, I have seen things that yeah. have, um, just been amazing and, and brought. You'd, you'd almost joy. wonder how this, how this grand final this year is topped. It's the three in a row. It, um, yeah. It's it, it, the, the fashion in which it was done. And the other yep. thing is too, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm not saying the Panthers fans enjoy it because it's not going to happen. But what I'm saying is these, for, for young Panthers fans, really cherish these moments because Broncos fans will tell you that a, a golden era can all of a sudden seem like a lifetime ago because the Broncos coming into this, I think we're talking uh, 2006 was their last grand final win uh for 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 someone like myself who you know in the in the 1990s as a kid rugby league was everything the brisbane broncos were just a juggernaut and you just didn't think they were ever going to be you know that you just felt like the broncos would win a grand final (laughs) you know they they won a few a couple in a row and then there was a few more years and had the super league one then they won another a couple years later that was probably another six years and they won another one this is this is becoming quite a by Bronco standards. This is becoming quite a drought here. I mean, we're heading towards um, you know eighteen years where they they haven't won a premiership. Before we you know finish on the grand final, there's still a few more things. I just wanted to sort of say the Broncos for me and for a lot of people, I think whilst they're losing a couple of players as well, a lot of people have commented on this Broncos team as being. A year away you know not i'm not i'm not yeah. a you got to lose one to win one kind of person that's not what i'm saying and i know people yeah. were saying that prior 
But what I'm saying is I think the the run they've had this year and the experience of this year will make them a serious contender next year. I see a lot of parallels, Graham, with with this Broncos side and, and Penrith um, when they lost the grand final. They're a very young team, exciting, um, but learned so much. You don't have to lose one to win one. But if you do lose one, I think you're a better chance of, of, of winning one because you have that experience and you have that burning desire to turn around um, what would be a, a devastating blow, um, especially when you were 16 points up. So that that's going to burn with these guys. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to talk about next year just yet, but... I know, I know. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, look, right. the, the fact <laughs> is that, that this is a great team, the Broncos, or potentially great team. Um, arguably the most talented side in the NRL. Um, you, can, you can mount a very good argument for that. Before yeah, we move from a couple of players, like, very young team. Do you yeah, know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. That's right. So similar to the Panthers four years ago. Yep. I just want to um, maybe go through some of the players you thought, Graham, who stood out for you in the uh, in the grand final. Not necessarily yeah. looking at the stats, but now, the, um, the... who did you think, firstly for the Broncos, oh, were? With it, yeah, okay. Ezra Mam was, and 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 yeah, Ezra Mam was everywhere. The we've talked a lot about Ezra Mam this year, and I feel as though, I don't know if I'm listening to the wrong media out. I mean, I don't listen to that many media outlets, to be honest with you. A lot of the my understanding of rugby league comes from watching the games, talking with mates that watch every game every week, and are hardcore fans like you know, like yourself, uh, and. I feel as though Ezra Mam just, I think he will be next year. I, I, I feel like he wasn't in people's conversations. It was almost like coming to this Broncos side, there was no massive hype about him coming coming in. He came in and, and the expectation was for him to play a supporting role. It was like he was the supporting actor and you know the stars were all around him. And there have been... So many moments throughout this year where he has stood up and said, oh, I'm a superstar. And that 10 minutes in that grand final, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I know it's a big if and but, and you're going to say, yeah, but it didn't happen, Graham, and all this sort of stuff. I, I, I honestly thought that we would be talking tonight, and in that moment, during that game, in the middle of that game, I honestly thought that we'd be sitting here talking tonight about Ezra Mam winning the Clive Churchill medal, being the standout star because it's, you know, three tries in a grand final, the way he was able to to get through and use that speed and skill to get past one of the best defensive teams in the competition, I, I just think was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's definitely up there for me. Uh, the, the other players, I, th- I thought... I'll be honest with you. Do you know another player who I thought really stood up? And, you know, I mean, there was a lot of stars there. I'll talk about Farnsworth and, and some of the forwards later. But someone who had some really, 
really good contributions and some really mature contributions for someone that doesn't get a lot of the talk as well. It's Jesse Arthurs. Oh, he was great. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. There were times where, you know, they needed someone to, to bring the ball out of, you know, the early on in the sets, get them, get them on the front foot. I thought he was phenomenal. And, um, and obviously, you know, you know what I think of this, this starting forward pack from, from the Broncos. I mean, there was that really good play. I think it was Billy Walters. It was still fairly early on in the game. He kicked that 40-20. Um, always been a, you know, always been a massive fan of Pat Carrigan and Payne Haas through the middle. I thought Jordan Rickey had some some good moments as well. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say Ezra Mann was the standout for me. Um, I also was really, really impressed with what Jesse Arthurs did. And I'm also, as you know, a massive Herbie Farmworth fan. I thought he was he was phenomenal. Um, what what, do you, what were your thoughts on Brisbane? Because you're at the the game, and sometimes you get yeah. a bit of a bit of a feel for. I tell you what, a lot of the time you don't get a feel depending on where you are. And like I was sort of behind the post, um, yeah, not a long way back, but because you're behind the post at what essentially is an oval, you are a little bit of distance from the game. Mm. So yeah. when the when the plays down the other end, you're sort of watching it on the screen. Um, so it's not my ideal vantage point to watch from, but guys that I was sort of thinking, gee, this guy's having a good game. Obviously, man, um, but I thought uh, Payne Haas yeah. uh, was phenomenal. And uh, just looking at his stats, 14 runs for 150 metres, 63 post-contact. And I know he made a huge number of tackles as well. I'm just going to go to that. But, 41. Uh, 41 tackles, 100% efficiency. So he couldn't have done any more. Payne Haas, I thought Flegler was very good. And obviously, I mean, he scored that try. Um, I thought he was good. Uh, the stats, not as impressive, but 93 metres from 10 runs, 27 post-contact. Uh, and a line break. So I thought Flegler was very good. They're going to miss him next year, Tom Flegler. He's he's a really Massive. good, along with Herbie for the, the Dolphins. Big They've got well there with those two guys. Mm. Um, but yeah, Arthur's, uh, he was very good. Uh, Reynolds, um, yeah. I've heard he, had a few... some, he had some good moments, but I think, he I think good he'll... Moments. I think, but yeah. he had some. I think a lot of. I think the 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 choices with his uh, line dropouts. I think are going to yeah. overshadow uh, some of the um, some of the moments he had in general play, where he actually was doing a good job controlling the the team around the park. Yeah, he he looked back and, and think, gee, I wish I had made a different decision there, but um, yeah, a few times. It, uh, I mean, he's he, he did wonderful things to get them there, but yeah, it was Haas, it was uh, it was Ezra, Arthur's Walsh worried me. Um, I know he made a lot of mistakes, but whenever that guy's got ball in hand, you, you're concerned. Mm. And that massive step he put on, which led to the yeah. third try, um, I, I thought it was uh, good night, Panthers. Um, but they're going to be back next year, the Broncos. 
Definitely. As I think also, too, we talked a bit before it. Um, uh, not, not, not to downplay their bench, but I think one of the things we highlighted in the preview was the um, how they go with that bench rotation. And, and I, I think that's one thing for, for the Broncos. I, I don't know if it's because their, their starting forwards are so strong. Like it's hard to come on and replace you know, Flegler and Haas and whatnot, but I, I do yeah. feel as though, um, you know, you look at a side like Penrith and we saw it the other night when um, some were forced changes actually for, for Penrith, but uh, they were able to manage with manage that a lot, uh, a lot better. Yeah, off the bench, Palacia, um, he had a really good game. Mm. 14 runs, 150 metres, so he's going over the 10 metres uh, per run, which is, you, you can't really ask more from a prop than that. And, 36 post-contact. Carrigan, 159 metres, uh, 53 post-contact. So he, he, he did well as well. We expect that. He's, he's a but, world-class uh, player. Right, absolutely. Okay. Which adds more merit to for a team to come back against these guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, as far as Penrith went, obviously... Um, Young Nathan. We'll, we'll, get to, uh, <laughs> we'll get to the grab at some stage. Yeah, um, I'll... We'll get Cleary, there. yeah, we'll, we'll talk about him soon. Um, we've, I know we've already talked about him, but we have to yeah, add him. I think, I think every, I don't, um, I don't think there's any secret what might be the yeah. grab this week. I want to pay tribute to Jack Cogger. Yes, um, yeah. He had, he changed the game really. When the game changed when uh, late in the game when when he and, and Nathan Cleary said it. He said he unlocked me. Mm. Um, and and Cleary a few was standing outside Cogger a lot of the time. Cogger was first receiver, uh, and that, as you mentioned, uh, Cleary's running game. Um, it was Cogger who was providing the the straight, he straightened up the attack, and then it was Cleary who. And we know he's. We don't often see the running game. I, I've seen it in a lot of games because I watch him, but. And I remember a game he scored four tries, most of them from just not not from receiving the ball from someone, but him basically with his own running game. He scored four tries against the Knights a few years ago. He's the type of guy that would get the ball and he realises it's the the fourth. Almost flat-footed looking around going, okay, I don't want to get tackled with it because the fifth. Look up and go... Put a step on and run through and score. <laughs> you know, yeah. Against the the lesser teams, he's, he's the type of player to 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 do that. And, and and this is where I wanted to get your comment too about how you talked about Cogger unlocking Cleary. And you know, I, I think it's it's not a knock on Jerome Luai at all. It it just it just shows that they have a different dimension to their game. And I think you know, without talking too much about the future and staying on this game. It was also one of those things where I've also talked to a lot of Panthers fans who have said, you know, with all this talk of Jerome Luai maybe not being able to stay on, it it also showed a lot of promise that, you know, Nathan Cleary, and Jer- it's not as though Nathan Cleary needs Jerome Luai. Nathan Cleary is an absolute superstar and other halves will be able to, to, to come in and this Panthers side will be yeah. able to, to roll on. At the, their success going forward isn't dependent purely on Jerome Luai being a part of this team. No, but, uh, I, you know, I, Jerome Luai playing injured, so he wasn't at his best 
because he can't be when you got a busted shoulder. No, nah, um, yeah, he. If yeah, it was round so, eight, you know, you you probably give him another couple of operation. weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And he'll have that upper, you know, he'll he'll recover over the off season, and um, he's got a range of skills that are in demand. Um, yeah, he'll he'll get a he'll he'll get a million million dollar contract on the open yeah. market if he decides yeah. to 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 go elsewhere, which you'd you know you 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 you'd expect that maybe the way it is in this salary cap era, and we've talked a lot about the Penrith Panthers and this salary cap era. I I I, I, I really wanted to get your thoughts. I know you talked a little bit about him. You called him the state the great Stephen Crichton. Going through players here, the obvious one there, Nathan Nathan Cleary. Stephen Crichton's another player that I think most people would have on their list coming out of this game as a standout. Um, Phenomenal. This was his last game for, Pen, for Penrith. Um, just your thoughts on not only the Stephen Crichton, not only the try, um, his performance, um, but just his contribution as a Panther over you know, his career. And also, too, I think people who were a bit unsure about Stephen Crichton a few years ago and, you know, downplaying his importance to, to the Panthers, he's, he's, he's one that's stood up at all levels of the game. He has, he has shown that, you know, at a club level, he is key, he's versatile, he's sort of that player where, you know, if someone's out at fullback, he'll go back there and so on and so forth. But also, too, he's also shown that at state of origin level, uh, especially with some players who we always assume would get picked in front of him, there's been injuries, so on and so forth, but he's shown at all levels of the game that, that he is uh, he is in that upper echelon and in that top tier of players in the NRL. Well, I, I, I think he's the undisputed best centre in the game at the moment. Um, I don't see him as a fullback. I see him as the world's best center currently. I know he can play fullback, and I, I think he did a really phenomenal job for Samoa at the World Cup as a fullback. But when he's been with the Panthers, he, yeah, he's played fullback a few times, and and he's not been at his best, uh, including the World Club Championship earlier this year. I think uh, I'm not sure if he played the first game against the Broncos at fullback, but he's a, you know he's an, a phenomenal talent. Physically, he's imposing. He's a big guy, tall, athletic. He jumps very well. He's got. He's not a super quick guy, but he's he's fast enough. But he's powerful, and we saw. That he was able to brush off um, Katoni Staggs, yeah. who is known for That's his stretch. Right. You look at Katoni Staggs close up, he is a ball of muscle, that guy. Um, not very tall, but just amazing power from Staggs when you look at him. But Crichton got over the top of him. Staggs had a good game. But in the moment that mattered, Stephen Crichton, he overpowered him. Um, yeah, he, he's he's a great goal kicker, Crichton. He's he's a clutch player. You, you could put a highlights reel of this guy um, that would match almost anyone in the NRL. 
this was his 100th game for the Panthers, um, this grand final. So I was very pleased for him that he got 100 NRL games. I am so disappointed he's leaving. Uh, the Bulldogs got him at a bargain, whatever they paid, because I don't think it was that much more than what he's on now. Um, he wants to be a fullback. I don't think that's his best spot. It may He may end up there and he may kill it at fullback, but I really do think he is the world's best centre. Defensively, he's very strong. He used to make quite a few errors, maybe rushing up, going for that intercept. Um, but he's he's as he's developing his experience, and he's still only 23, Graham. Yeah. He is making a lot more yeah. right decisions on when yeah. to go. And he just smashes guys. Um, he can chop them down with a legs tackle or he can just smash them. Um, yeah, uh, he's, they're going to miss him next year. They've got no one else like him um, in that he's a really tall guy to go with the power that he's got and whatnot. Um, yeah, I do wish him well, uh, mm. but I wish that uh, he hadn't signed a four-year deal. I wish he hadn't signed a two-year deal, come back, critter. Um, but even at the end of it, he's going to be 27. <laughs> 27. Um, he's still, we'll probably got another four-year deal in him after we'll that. We'll roll out the red, uh, yellow, green, and black uh, carpet <laughs> to come back. Um, you think about put it in context, Graham. Dylan Walker... I think, made, uh, not Dylan Walker, Cody Walker, I think made his debut at 26 yep. in, for South. Yep. Titan's only going to be, uh, you, know, you know, assuming he doesn't get injured and whatnot, he'll be 27. He could come back to the Panthers. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. But uh, and the, and still, and the, still be in the prime of his career. That's exactly right. The prime of the career these days with the, with the professionalism and the the sports science in the in the game, thirty years old. It's, it's now getting to the point where when you're thirty, you're not over the hill and done and dusted. It used to be a, you know, you you're getting on the outer when you're twenty eight, and by thirty you're done. There are players yeah. still still showing great form well Daily, into their. Cherry Evans is in the best yeah. form of his career, really. Yep, and, and, and 35. And the next player I'm going to talk about, who I think was massive in this grand final, and. If we were doing a, if there was a carpool rugby league, you know, Dally M three two one, I'm giving Moses Leota points out of this game. I thought he was phenomenal. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, twenty eight year old, uh, <laughs> you know, Penrith Panthers player who's, you know, been around for a little while now, um, and and he's one of those. I don't think, is, is this, I don't think he's that old, Graham. He played in the twenties. Uh, no, with... he's not. You're right. He was in the 2015. New yeah, he was in that Wales. team that uh, won uh, the cup. The... 2015. Yeah. With the uh, Cleary didn't play, but he played all year. No, nah, I you think know, we... there was uh, guys Sorry. like Fisher Harris, Martin, uh, Dylan Edwards was in that team. A few others have gone on to play first grade at, at other clubs as well, but. Uh, so Moses... Mm, uh, I'll have to double check that because I've got him down here as being a 90, 95 model from the 2015, 20 and 2015 as a part of that NYC squad. Anyway, we're splitting hairs. Um, what, I'm, what I'm basically saying is that, uh, you know, we know the props, you know, a bit later on to the career, but 
the point I was making is that, you know, we used to talk about players at, at, at this age, you know, especially some of those big boppers being, you know, getting close to their use by date. He was, he was up there. He was for me in the, in the top few players in this game. Um, just his presence, his work for Penrith in the middle. He is he is a huge part of this Penrith Panthers side. Oh, absolutely. And I just, you know, yet again another. You know, he, I think he was a St Mary's junior as well. Another one off the, off the yeah. production line there at Penrith. But um, I, I, I don't know if you'd you'd agree. Sounds as though you 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 think he had a big. Oh, game absolutely. Well, I thought yeah, huge. I, I thought three points was, Cleary. Yeah. Two Ezra Mum. Uh, one either Steve Crichton or, or Moses Liotta. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that James Fisher Harris was phenomenal. The four props, Haas, Flegler, Liotta, Fisher-Harris, all of them, you give them eight or nine out of ten. I can't recall a game where all four props have been absolutely outstanding. Hmm. You can't ask for more. Um, Fisher-Harris and Liotta, they're not as big as the guys they come up against. They're powerhouses, but they're giving away probably 10 kilos to um, to guys like Haas and, and, and guys in every other team. Um, when they come up against Junior Polo, Reggie, you look at them and, uh, as they line up and they're, they're, they're a lot smaller. But power-wise, no one ever gets over the top of them. Um, just they were phenomenal. Uh, I thought, as I said, Cogger was uh, was really good off the bench. I thought um, Luke Garner did did a good job when he came on for the injured uh, Tango. Uh, he was good. Dylan Edwards, I didn't realize it. I mean, you just exp- because it it just does it every week. But standard three hundred meters. Standard three hundred meters. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, a lot of them is, is kick return. Yeah, but you know, but he's, he's made almost other NRL without the kick yeah. return. The other NRL that's what I was going to say. Other NRL fullbacks are returning kicks as well, but they're not getting those stats. I, you know, said it. We say it every week on here. We we sort of laugh, and I don't play super coach, but surely he's the bloke that everyone's got to have in their team. With just those running stats, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's an amazing, and I'm so happy for him that he's got a green and gold jersey. Um, yeah, he still hasn't got a sky blue one yet, but maybe next year. Uh, it, oh. Yeah, may not be far off. I was actually Mal reading an reading an is article. He's a very loyal here. man. Yeah, I was I was reading an article here today. I'll have to double check if I got this right, but um, I have a feeling that um, Dylan Edwards is actually missing a. I think it's his brother's, his brother's wedding. wedding. Yeah, yeah, brother's wedding. So, you know, and, you know, obviously the timing's not, not great there, but, you know, it, it puts in perspective for people that don't, you know, necessarily play or follow how much this means to someone that, you know, he's representing his country and he has been... This time last year, he was the best player in the game. Um, he's been a big part of this team. He's a... 
he's a top quality player. It's well deserved. Well deserved. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah we, we're going to talk about that game later in the team, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, just a source of uh, immense joy. Uh, this team for me and for for thousands of others, obviously. Um, but I got to credit the Broncos for, for what a great performance because to to be in the best grand final ever or up in the conversation um you have to have two great teams and yeah uh these are head and shoulders above the rest the broncos to to be labeled a great team i guess they've got to win a comp but they may well do that with this guy they're in a position to do it with the squad they've got but i mentioned it last uh, podcast both the Broncos and the Panthers in the semifinals came up against number three and number four ranked teams, the, the Warriors and the Storm, and they both crushed them. Yeah. Now, I, I don't think we've ever seen that before, where both grand finalists didn't just win, they had crushing victories. And the Warriors and the Storm, they beat... You know, they had a win in the semifinals. Warriors had a, a big win from memory. Um, and uh, the, I can't remember who the Storm beat. might have been the Roosters uh, in, in, a, uh, in a good game. Um, but those, those two teams were top four material and got smashed by both grand finalists. Yep. And then uh, and we saw the great grand final. So, um you know, it was historic for so many uh, different ways, and it, and I, yeah, I don't want to bore the listeners anymore. But uh, a great, great game by two fabulous teams, and um, yeah, I mean uh, the Panthers have the they beat South. I've got great respect for the Rabbitohs. I know they didn't really come up to expectations this year, but they'll be back. Uh, Para, really good year last year. Lost a lot of players and, and didn't make the eight this year. There were some reasons for, for them not making the eight. I still think they were one of the eight best teams in the comp, but uh, injuries and suspensions crewed their season. I don't think we're going to see the Broncos fall from grace. I think they'll be right up there next year and I think they actually should be the favourites. Um, I'm not a, you know, obviously, uh, I don't know what the markets are. I think Penrith are the favourites currently, but um, the Broncos really uh, primed, I think, for, for the next few years to be uh, to be right up there at, at number one. But uh, Penrith are not going to give that up without a big fight. Um, yeah, that's... That's it. That's the grand final. Um, yeah, the, the only other thing, I mean, obviously I'm going to ask you in a minute about the grab, but the only other top performance we haven't talked about so far is Adam G. Um, yeah, of course. Um, uh, apologies the, to King G. Yeah. <laughs> King G out there <laughs> doing the hardjacker in the grand final. Um, but uh, there was a lot of talk going into the grand final. Is he the right man? I mean, a lot of people, I think we even used the term on the podcast, we're talking about him as a Stephen Bradbury, you know, everyone else fell over and he was the man that fell into his lap. 
Yeah, I, I didn't agree with that. I, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I heard a bit about that, but I thought he'd been the best referee. Yeah, and leading um, into it, he wasn't making the mistakes that the others were. You know, and, and one of the reasons early in the year I th- was actually when the Panthers played the Broncos was that quite significant moment when, as the referee, he said to the, the video guy, I think it might have been Ashley Klein, actually, because mm. um, he saw the replay on yeah. the screen. He said, you might want do you want to just have another look at that? Um, yes. It was a, the ball, I think it was a bomb that, that went up. Right. Uh, yeah. He sort of virtually overcalled the video ref, mm. um, and I thought that was—I uh, thought that was pretty impressive. Um, Something we've never seen. No, well, it's sort of out of the hands. Of, like the 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 on-field ref can just sort of wash their hands of of a decision made by the video ref. So, well, you know, I didn't. That's not what I came up with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> play on, you know. It's the video refs looked at it. Uh, we move on, type thing. Yeah, and um, you hear that a lot. You hear that a lot as a as a justification. Look, we've reviewed it. That's a decision. Yeah. Even if they don't agree with it, they're just saying, "Look, as a." So yeah, yeah, I. I'd it's it's an easy that, out, really. Yeah. It's an easy out. Um, but yeah, I've 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 got a huge rap on G as uh, a referee. Um. Yeah, good on him. Uh, he he did well. I'm just trying to look at the penalty count. I know there weren't many penalties. I'm just trying nor, to look. Nor six agains as well. And no, there weren't many of those. And while you're looking at that, it's um it's one of those things where I've been talking to people this week, and I said the best the thing that really indicates for me how good of a game he had was for most of the game I didn't notice he was there, and I actually think that's the mark of a good referee when he's left it to the players to play football. He he ensured that they were able to play the game, not only put on an entertaining show, but by him taking a back seat and saying, look, this is a grand final. We're here to, to, to crown a, a premiere out of this and to not interfere too much with it. There was a lot of common sense refereeing there. And I actually like that there were aspects of the game that weren't refereed like a normal game. And no. it wasn't a normal game. It was a grand final. It's the biggest game of the year. They're there to find out who is the best team. And I think as a result of that, we saw a, a great game. Um, it, it was very reminiscent. Five penalties. Five penalties, was it? Yeah. And now, it was very reminiscent for me. It reminded me a lot of uh, Bill Harrigan's performance in absolutely. the grand final. Yeah. Yeah. They, they talk about putting the whistle away. And, um I don't know if you can ref like that every week because teams will take advantage, mm. um, particularly in the holding down in the rock and whatnot. Um, but I was sort of saying to to my mate, I said, he hasn't given us a penalty. Um, Penrith got two penalties. They were both mandatory penalties from Adam Reynolds uh when he's taken the dropouts, one went out on the full and the other one yes. clearly uh, made a penalty by catching it with his foot down over the line. So yeah. in general play, Penrith did not receive a penalty the whole game. Um, the Broncos got three penalties. Um, but uh, look, Adam G, take a bow. Um, yeah, he did not decide this game. The players decided the game. 
Yep. And the players put on a phenomenal game and you've got to say you can't put on a phenomenal game if the ref hasn't had a very strong game. So 27 guys out on the field, including the ref, um, take a bow. Uh, all 34 players actually did great. And then and the ref played his part. Um, so well done. And that that's... Uh, it cemented, I guess, uh, him as as the king, King G. King um, G, I like that. Referees. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a good sponsorship opportunity, and I know we've talked about all the the big moments here, and um, oh look, this is probably got to play think, the music though, haven't we? We've got to play the music. We know, I think we know where this is heading, but just to just to finish off and just uh, solidify it as officially going down in folklore as the. Um, 2023 grand final Griffo's grab. Uh, let's make it official. All right. Well, um, Nathan Cleary. Oh, who'd have thought? Um, what more can we say? What more can you say other than he did the talking on the field, didn't he? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he won. You can't say single-handedly because he had a team behind him, but he did things as an individual that got his team over the line in the biggest game of the year, in one of the greatest games of all time. Um, He stood up when they were down and out. Um, You mentioned the 40-20 he made the yeah, break, huge. which set up the, the, the comeback try for Moses Leota. He got the ball out to Stevie Crichton for his try. The, uh, I don't know if it was uh, called a, a try assist, but um, that was largely Crichton um, making that try himself. But And then uh, with only a few minutes left on the clock, he makes... Something, as you said, like the Darren Albert try that is forever replayed, one of the great grand final moments, that try will likewise be forever replayed as the time when Nathan Cleary won the grand final for the Penrith Panthers and uh, in doing so claimed his second Clive Churchill medal. Made a lot of talk about. So many yeah, he made history. He in made so history. many areas. And as I said, at the game, I said to myself, or oh, I felt that I am here witnessing greatness. Uh, and long after I'm not of this world anymore, people will watch that moment and look you know, again, in the annals of history, think, wow, the great Nathan Cleary, look what he did. Um, I I came into this game of rugby league in the 70s, uh, and I didn't know, I never saw Johnny Raper play, I never saw Reg Gaznia play. Um, I did see Langlands, I did see uh, Billy Smith from those great St. George teams. Um, but uh, majority of non-proven, I didn't see. They were all um, they were all part of history by the time I started watching. 
but I knew of them. I knew of the legend of those guys, and um, three of them are immortals. Um, Raper, Gaznia, Proven. Um, the history of the game. Uh, you know of Clive Churchill. I never saw him play, but I know he was mm. a great at the game. Um, and, and obviously in the future, um, people will look back on the career of, of the great Nathan Cleary. Now, is he, you know, this, you know the, the media love to talk it up. You know, is he an immortal or in waiting? I don't go for that. Like, he's not finished his career. He's not. He's probably only halfway there, if that. Yeah, there's a lot of footy to be played. And, exactly. Yeah. Um, but what he's done, if he were not to ever play another game of rugby league, he would be in the Hall of Fame of rugby league. Yeah. Um, which they do have a Hall of Fame. I think one day I'd like to go and see it. I, I believe it's it's uh, at rugby league headquarters. They've got some sort of. Uh, oh, um, in there. Next More to our park. Allianz, yeah, yeah, that's something I should maybe in the summer holidays, uh, maybe we could have a carpool uh, rugby league excursion, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> on, there, but on site, yeah, you know, you, you, he will be there, he'll be in the hall of fame based on what he's already done in the game. Whether you know yeah. he goes oh. to that next level, you know, that's that's for the future, that probably won't be decided in my lifetime. But uh, and, you know, those guys uh, who've just finished their careers, who will be um, joining that illustrious company, guys like Cameron Smith, Billy Slater. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah joining, but, I mean, the, the Hall of Fame, you've got players like um, Badiris, Stacey Jones, uh, I'm trying to think of some more recent ones. Uh, Simna uh, Siva, Menzies, Stewart, yeah. Cliffy Lyons, Fittler, Langer. So, you know, you got... Laurie Daly, great to yeah. the game. Yeah, um, that's and he's in that he's in that he's category in that already. for sure. Yeah, he's in already that at twenty five. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Just just very quickly, and I know you're still talking about Nathan there, but just as a part of that that discussion, there's been a lot of talk that um yeah, the only thing really left for him to do now is is at origin level, is to win an origin. Um thoughts on on that yeah, I mean I mean people are saying yeah, you know, I, I don't buy into the immortal stuff either. People are saying, "Oh, before we talk about him that that level, he's got to he's got to you know do what he's done for Penrith for for the, for the Blues." Um, thoughts on State of Origin being a part of that that um, assessment? He's already won two man of the matches in State of Origin. He's won three series. Mm. It's not a flop at State of Origin level, but he gets criticised for mm. um, not stepping up. Has he been at his absolute best in State of Origin? Probably not. Has he been very good? Definitely. His best is uh, a very high standard, though, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you don't win two man of the matches in State of Origin if, you, if you're a flop. Or um, two man of the matches in a grand final. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought he was, um, he proved himself in the green and gold last year. Um, I thought he was uh, in the final, the world, uh, he didn't win man of the match, but the man of the match gets selected um, a few minutes before, and, and that's something that galls me in any 
game of rugby league that goes for 80 minutes, you don't pick them out of the match until after the game's finished because you may not actually yeah. win. And after they'd already said who the man of the match was, he put on another play. Either he scored himself or he set up a try. I thought he was phenomenal in that game. Um, yeah. And uh, and again, he was, he was being criticised early in the tournament. Um, he was okay. His goal kicking wasn't at its uh, its peak, but I thought he played quite well. And then we saw his class in the final. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed for him that he's missing the upcoming series because he's he's only played the only games he's played for the Kangaroos were in that World Cup. Um, so he's he'll finish his career, and he won't have actually played a huge number of games for the kangaroos because there was COVID. Um, Australia hasn't played all that much and this was an mm. opportunity for him. But um, the, the upside is that uh, he gets time to recover um, from his injury. Hopefully uh, it's not too bad and he's, uh, you know, able to have a little bit of time off and then, uh, you know, start the preparations for for twenty four. But uh, yeah, he's um, he's a guy that is an amazing player uh, at twenty five years of age. Uh, what he's achieved in the game is is outstanding already. And as I said, if he were never to play another game of rugby league, he would be in the Hall of Fame with his achievements up to this point. Um, it's uh, it's a great honor to watch him play, and uh, I'm glad he, he he plays for the club that I support because uh, I know um, when Ivan was at, at the Tigers, uh, a bit of the talk was about the Tigers trying to get Nathan to go over there. Um, fortunately, uh, the Panthers were able to lure Ivan and uh, and Nathan secure in Pen uh, future in Penrith, obviously secured. Um, he is the highest or second highest player in the paid player in the game. He lives up to that tag. He's actually taken a pay cut uh, from I think next year, um, which I mean he's still on good cash, but he's not getting uh, market value for his talent. I think he might be on one point two next year. Um, he you know if he was on the open market. Um, yeah, it'd be record. It would be a record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, uh, you know, he knows himself that for for Penrith to be successful, he can't take up more than that in the salary cap. Otherwise, they lose more good players. So, uh, and and a few other Panthers have, have taken a pay cut, or, or not necessarily. I'm more calling pay cut, but gone for unders. Under, would have got more on the open market. Yeah. Yep. But you, you, you look at that and you think, well, that's com that, that makes sense. What do you play the game for? You play it to enjoy it, but you play it for premierships. And, um, yeah, if you, you, most people can live on about, you know, 750000 a year. Uh, we're, we're living on a lot less than that and, and living, you I know, decent to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, he's obviously the grab. 
and um, what he achieves in the future, I mean, who knows? But what he's already achieved is is phenomenal. Um, so well done him. But I want to again mention Ezra Mam as uh, you know, what what a great game he had. What a great game uh, from oh. uh, he was uh, Mam of the match. Clearly was Mam. Yeah. The, the, that 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 was true. That was it was almost going to be the the tagline was man of the match. Um, look, that that it was a it was a phenomenal evening. Um, and it, it it was one thing too, like not to not to go down a you know a bit more political kind of path in regards to you know what we call NRL politics. And you know, I mean, I'm I'm. I still hear to this day, even though it's been over 20 years, um, people say, oh, you know, I want to go back, love the daytime grand final and all this sort of stuff. It was a very, very warm day, and uh, I don't think we had too many people come 7.30 complaining that the game wasn't played in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day. Um, so I actually think that was, you know, one one tick, one thumbs up for the nighttime grand final there. Uh, but one game we did see a little bit earlier on while the... Um, right in the thick of the heat of the day, you know, mid-30s um, in Western Sydney. It's the NRLW. It was it was almost like uh, for the NRLW, they, they, they stuck to the script that we saw later on, all the predictions of Newcastle and uh, Upton to get the medal and then um, Penrith and Cleary to get the medal all came to fruition. But uh, I think we'd have to have to comment here on the NRLW grand final and the phenomenal season we saw from the Newcastle Knights. Also, the great season we saw from the Titans to to get to the grand final to take them on, but just the, um, you know, what we're talking about, absolute superstars, when we're talking about the female game, Tamika Upton is the the biggest star in that game. Graham, you're absolutely right. Um, So many parallels, really, with... uh... With the NRL game, um, Tamika Upton missed tackles on Jamie Chapman, or at least one tackle. Um, Jamie Chapman, who had a phenomenal game, three tries for a losing team, um, very much in an Ezra Mam type uh, performance. Um, and then with the team down, with not long to go, Tamika Upton stands up, scores two tries. Um, to get her team over the line. She was phenomenal. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, the Titans, fantastic effort from them. Uh, I got to the game. I might have missed the first 15 or so minutes. It was still nil all. And uh, my mate told me that, you know, we'd been all Titans. They'd had the ball down on the Knights line. Knights weren't at their best. Um but got the job done, um, uh, weren't converting a lot of their tries. But, yeah, f- for most of the game, the Titans were the better side. But when the Knights were better, the, the better side, they scored a lot of points. Um, Tamika Upton, there was one thing that surprised me that I saw, and that is that she hasn't played for the Gillaroos. She's going to be making her mm-hmm. debut uh, with the Gillaroos. I found that quite astounding. Um Undoubtedly, the best player in the game has been for a few years, and the reason why the Newcastle Knights won that game, uh, like 
the the you know the uh, Nathan Cleary performance to get his team out of the uh, out of what looked like a losing situation. Tamika Upton did pretty much exactly the same thing in that women's game, and uh, deservedly so the player of the match. And uh, I think the best team of the year did take out the NRLW. Your thoughts, Graham? Yeah, I, I thought that um, yeah, it, it was one of those situations where we were, we were very much expecting them to be there at the um, at the end. We thought the Roosters would really push them, but I, I thought that the Newcastle Knights, they were phenomenal throughout the season. I thought they were phenomenal in this game. Um, I just want to give a lot of credit to the Titans because not only did we have the... Um, the Gold Coast Titans as a team where we weren't sure if they were going to make the four and that they were the the underdog there. There were aspects, you know, where they 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 really, you know, pushed the, the top teams not only in this grand final but in the in the weeks leading up. So I think this season, not only that grand final on the day, um obviously, you know, we talk about Tamika Upton every week on here and how phenomenal she is and and the, the teams that were a part of it, there was a lot of concern about expanding the competition. I, I, I'm confident in saying that this was the, the best NRLW season we've seen. I like the fact that it wasn't just uh, four weeks, Graham. Yeah, um, I, I think the length helped. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah. Uh, the, the women's game keeps going from strength to strength. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I, I think that uh, it's only going to grow. Obviously, the, the concerns are always going to be um, the, as, as teams get added, are we diluting the talent pool? We, we, what we actually saw, I feel, this year with, with the addition of teams, I was concerned about the, you know, I, I was concerned about that. I wasn't sure if we were going to have enough talent to fill the teams. What we actually saw was the emergence of some really good football players, and it gave a... Some of the um, the players that we may not necessarily have had a chance to see uh, get a go. Because there were some more um, superstars created, and what we're starting to see now is that, like like we said, there are there are people who are rugby league fans, maybe not have got on board with the NRLW season in previous years, and you're talking to them now about your Tamika Upton, your Tegan Berries, Isabel Kelly's, whoever, so on and so forth, you know. Um, and, and, and people are, are really responding to the women's game. So I'm, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a really successful season. And that's, that's the main thing I probably want to see is the, if we're going to progress with the, the NRLW, I think one of the main progressions would be uh, the length of the season. Yeah, I, I look forward to when the Panthers have a, a women's team. As you, I'm sure, look forward to the rabbit Yeah, I'd, I'd love it. Yeah, and that, and that's one of those things too. And this is we're big fans of this this competition, and we don't, yeah, we we don't have skin in the game, so to speak. We don't have no. our teams in there, and uh, you you know that, you know that we would we would support those teams like that. They would be you know our teams. You'd you'd have the men's team, you have the women's team. As I know, there's a there's friends of mine who. You know, who are supporting the the Knights NRLW and the Roosters NRLW yeah. and, and 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 the Tigers and so on and so forth. So, 
I, I, I think that uh, there are some key clubs, like you said, like you know, our clubs aren't represented and I'd love for them to, to be so. And there are some big clubs in the NRL with some um, really prominent fan bases who are, who are dying to get a representation in the, in the women's game. And um, yeah, I, th- I, I think there's, there's room there. The rate at which the competition expands is always going to be something that's hard to predict or, or to, to provide suggestions on, but um, it's heading in the right direction. And I think we're just going to see it continue to, to grow. I hope so. And I, I, I'm confident it will. Um, a few, and I can't think of the names of players, but there's been a few ladies who've come across apparently from other codes and done well uh, this this season. Who Names, again, that I, I, I can't recall off the top of my head, but you're, you're trying to attract the, the premium athletes. Um, and... Uh, for women who are, you know, who are generally talented athletes, and watch that game and think, "Gee, I, I want to be a part of that." That's what you're trying to do because we know that yeah, women's sport is on the absolutely rapid rise across so many different sports. Um, we saw the Matildas really uh, get the attention of the nation. Uh, this this year with, yeah. with the football world cup everyone jumped on board um and i know the aflw is uh, is still going at the moment i don't know much about it but it's been around for quite a while now and it, it's it's uh, i think most teams now now have most clubs have a, a women's team um so th- there are these and it, League and and AFL were not really considered women's sports not all that long ago. They may have been played, but it was a very much a fringe uh, type of uh, sport for women. Um, who, who yeah, and soccer's been a, a big sport for women for, for some time. Um, netball, obviously, in this country, has been the main women's team sport. Hockey, yeah, and we know that the hockey's been successful, but um, but probably uh, nowhere near the participation levels of netball, uh, where Australia dominates and has done for some time, I believe. You know, we won the World Cup of netball again this year, and but it just sort of creates a ripple because we're just expected to. But these girls now, the NRL, they get massive exposure on both uh, uh, Nine and also, uh, to a lesser degree, on Fox. Um, and with that exposure, uh, we're seeing, you know, they they get better pay now, which is good. And again, as, as pay levels rise, you attract the the more talented uh, athletes to your game so it's a it's a win-win situation um well done to those ladies who were playing rugby league before um you know when basically it was just playing the love of the game uh they were they were laying the the groundwork for what we see today and there's uh, some of those ladies well i want to point out 
Steph Hancock, I think it's Steph, uh, 41 years of age. She's been playing this game for a long time, uh, played for the, uh, the Titans in the grand final. She's won grand finals with the Broncos. Um, she's a pioneer of the game um, and still still running around. Uh, so good good on her and um, and her predecessors who and we we saw the women's game firsthand, Graham, when we were in uh, New Zealand for the for the Auckland Nines, and um, we saw them in the airport. Didn't know much about them really, but we were astonished by by they they were yeah. probably the the best games that we watched. Yeah, sure. They played three the times. Physical. Belted the crap out of each other. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's the one thing we took out of it. We just yeah the physicality of those matches were yeah unmatched. It was. It I guess was that phenomenal. that game has evolved. It's not you know it's not that now. I mean, there's that still that element to it, but now we see the the wonderful athleticism of of the girls. Um, the skill level has improved. It's not just okay. You're a, you're a, a larger lady you can smash someone yeah there's still that element but that's not the focus of the game the game now is skill and speed um as uh, so it's it's great to watch yeah no it's it's phenomenal um not sure if you saw much of the other game on the day the um i, did, I watched a fair bit of it um state championship the television before i left yeah yeah, just just a quick thought on that one. Obviously, um, you know, for, for mine, exciting that uh, the Rabbitohs whilst <laughs> it's you, you got to laugh. People people who know, uh, you know, me and Shane and our family, it won't be surprised by this. But some people might think it's uh, it's a bit of a laugh that uh, you know we all got together with our Rabbitohs kit on and you know had grand final day, but uh, it wasn't exactly the game we were. We're hoping for. We we're making jokes, saying, "Oh, wasn't it nice for him to go back to a daytime grand final and and, and so on and so forth." But it was good to have, um, you know, like you know, the, you know, I know Penrith has been involved in this game before. Um, yeah, it's, it, it was good to see not only the New South Wales team successful, but you know, from a personal point of view, having the Rabbitohs win that and the opportunity for some of the. Um, the players who we've been talking about that have been breaking into the NRL side, such as your, your, your Talis Duncan and uh, Tyron Munro um, and Shaq Mitchell, um, uh, be able to, to, to get away with the grand final there. Your thoughts on that one just quickly. Yeah, I, I thought, uh, well, my team for the day one, uh, that was the Rabbitohs uh, from New South Wales. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I th- yeah, look, they they were probably a little bit of a class above uh, their opposition. Uh, although the East Tigers or Brisbane Tigers, as they're now known, they 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 gave it a good shot. Um, the South team, they uh, a lot of first grade experience there. Uh, some of the players you mentioned, I mean, Talis Duncan, we know he's going to be a really good player. Um, we know Blake Taff is, is a you know, very, very uh, gifted player. Munro has the makings of a, of a great winger of the future. Um, and, and those guys play, played a number of first grade games this year. You mentioned Shaq Mitchell, who's uh, undoubtedly had his uh, best year of, 
of rugby league in a in a Rabbitohs jersey. He he continues to go from from strength to strength. Um, so a lot uh, as as a South supporter, there you, you would have been very happy. I mean, yeah. Um, you want to see your team, irrespective of what competition is, you want to see them win, and uh, right. they got the job done. And um, uh, good on them, good on them, and and congrats to the uh, the Tigers for they they were in that game for a long way. I think it might have blown out a little bit. Well, what was the final score, Graham? I I had to leave before uh, the end of the game to to make my way to the ground. Uh, the final score. You put me on the spot here. They got another try to get back into. I want to say, did we crack forty? Um, forty-two twenty-two. I want to say the Tigers okay. scored some yeah, points okay. there. They, yeah, they, they won more. in the end. It was yeah. the first forty-two twenty-two. Yeah, you got win by it one. It wasn't the grand final. that much of a gap. I think they, they sort of second half started to run away with it a bit. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, well done, South. Well done. Uh, Knights, well done, Panthers. Uh, uh, we didn't win the state of origin this year as a state, but uh, we scooped the grand finals. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to take something. That's true on grand final day. And, yeah. it, you know, it, it was actually funny. You know, I saw someone in the media say it wasn't a great day for a great weekend for Queenslanders, too. That they, they had, um, no, they lost the AFL. In the AFL as, as well. So, you know, yep. and, and you mentioned before, it's actually, you know, it, it's actually fitting you mentioned that because I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was one um, prior to the game, now that we mentioned the AFL, I was one of those people that was uh, a bit of tongue in cheek because, you know, it's always it's always the uh, the running joke that the AFL get the better entertainment and, um, yeah, as, as, a, as a big Kiss fan, I, uh, I was... Yeah, I was I wasn't helping it, but tongue in cheek, sort of saying to all my friends, it's like you know, the AFL gets kiss and uh, the NRL's got a Tina Turner impersonator. It it, it it came across good on the TV. It looked as though the um and and, and the synonymous, um, I suppose, you know, Tina Turner in Australia synonymous with the uh, with with rugby yeah. league and the campaigns, um, and and finishing with simply the best. I'd imagine at the ground that was a uh, you know, and that that song has a lot of fond memories for me. Yeah. Um, going to the football as a kid, hearing that song, that's what you would hear playing over the speakers walking into the, you know, I, I remember, you know, being a, being a kid in the early 90s walking into the Sydney football stadium and that song playing over the, the speaker and that's what got you fired up and ready and you knew you were at the footy. Um, just, just some thoughts because you were there. Oh, I, I loved it. Like, um, some commentators sort of said, you know, it was like being at an RSL watching a cover band type thing. <laughs> that's yeah. Well, I mean, that's a bit disrespectful to the the entertainment, I'd imagine. <laughs> well, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. My opinion was it was fantastic. The crowd got pumped up by it. Um, that's the gauge. What is the reaction of the crowd? Like, you got eighty-one thousand something people there, and they were pumped. Um, just before the the, the grand final, um, as I said, I was pretty low key all week, even on grand final day. Um, I wasn't, you know, I was I wasn't pumped up or anything. I, you know, sometimes on those sort of occasions, 
I remember the Origin games and whatnot. I'd be pumped from pretty early on in the morning, but I was low key till till that started. And um, I saw the show on my birthday. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. Um, I'm I'm not really a regular goer of of theatre slash musicals, but. Um, I went and watched it. Uh, I was what I asked my my daughters asked me what what you want for a present. I said, well, how about we go and see uh, Tina? It was it was um, I really enjoyed it at the theatre. Um, the night I saw it, it was a different Tina. Um, apparently, it was like the the standing um, uh, the standing Tina, different one to what appeared at the grand final. Who who was the main lady? She's an Australian girl. Um, that Tina, um, but yeah, the crowd was pumped by you know those. She sang three songs. Um, what you get is what you see, which is the original. Mm, um, yeah. Was the original uh, the old uh, Australian Rugby League uh, uh, as it was for the end. Uh, it was the original song, and then simply the best came the next year, and Dom, you know, it was the uh, the flagship of of the rugby league for for many many years, and uh, without doubt the greatest ad campaign that that the game's ever seen. Um, the crowd was pumped. I thought, gee, this would probably look really good on TV with with the. The, the quality of the performance, but, but what it means to, to rugby league followers who were around in that era. Um, and obviously, you know, Tina passed this year, and that's hence the tribute. Um, grand final entertainment, it, it's hit and miss usually. I thought it was a hit personally. Um, and uh, yeah, I was. Uh, it led really well into the game. I didn't see Kiss uh, with the AFL. I, I was sort of watching a bit of the AFL game here and there, um, hoping for a Collingwood win simply because they were playing Brisbane. Um, and uh, and it ended up obviously a great game as well. And um, I mean, they're two two great grand finals uh, in the two premier sports for. For Australia in winter, um, I don't know how the ratings or anything. I haven't seen that info, but um, when when both games are, are that great, um, you'd think a lot of the country's tuning in. Yeah, yeah. So look, it was it was a successful grand final, successful day. Um, it'll go down the books as one of the greatest. Of, of all time like there's everyone's just talking success there's no controversy out of it it's it's really good to see so um you know we're we're now rolling into the the off season and we've still got some footy left to play uh the big talk will be the pacific championships there's actually footy starting this saturday night um so the pacific championships we've got uh, the Kangaroos taking on Toa Samoa. We've got the Kumuls from um, Papua New Guinea and uh, the Cooks from Cook Island um, all playing this weekend. One game Saturday night. 
and one game on Sunday. Uh, just first of all, I, I know that uh, since we've talked last, the New South, the New South Wales, the Australian Kangaroos uh, squad has been announced. A uh, few players are not available, injuries, so on and so forth. Just want to get your general thoughts on the players that make up that squad and um, yeah, some of the key ins and outs for, for those who haven't really been following it because there are some big names that are missing. There are big names missing. There always are. Um, generally, we see players make themselves available for World Cups. Um, this is not a World Cup, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the notable omission for Australia is is Nathan Cleary. The notable omission for Tua Samoa is... Jerome Luai, there are other guys missing, but they're probably the biggest names that aren't there. Um, Mal, as I mentioned earlier, he's a very loyal man. And he, he that was his mantra when he was uh, the very successful coach of, of that Maroons team uh, who, who won whatever it was, too many in a row. Um, uh, he stuck with the guys that had done the job. Um, and he's, he's done that with the Australian team that no one, I think, believes that James Tedesco has been in the top probably uh, three fullbacks this year. He'd have uh, Walsh, he'd have Ponga, and he'd have Edwards at least ahead of him. But Mal had him as his captain last year. He did the job. Mal sticks with him. I'm sure he'll do the job. Uh, Dylan Edwards comes in as a winger. Um, his job essentially will be to to do what he does for the Panthers, and that is run the ball back. Um, he has played on the wing a little bit, um, but uh, he, he's yeah. I guess um, he's a fullback playing winger. The hammer. Um, has swapped colours. Uh, he was with Samoa in the World Cup. He's now with Australia. Um, but he's he's been one of the best players uh, this year in the NRL, whether it's in the centres as he played for Queensland where it was outstanding, or in his best position at fullback. We know he's an excitement machine. Katoni Staggs, uh, last year I believe he was with Tonga. Now he's a kangaroo. I, I don't like that swapping and changing, but it is what it is. Um, he deserves his spot in the centres, given um, the availability or unavailability of some other guys. But Staggs has had a great year. Um, Cobo, uh, I can't recall why he, he missed last year's World Cup. Maybe it was maybe his form dropped off a bit, but we know that he's. Uh, He's a phenomenal talent, um, and I'm sure he'll get the job done. Didn't have his best game in the grand final, but we know that, that, that he is a potential superstar. Cam Munster hasn't been at his best recently, but again, we know he gets the job done, and, and, and he was there last year for the Kangaroos. He's in the conversation as one of the best players in the game. Daily Cherry Evans... Uh, deserves his number seven jersey. Um, 
he's as I said, he, he's gotten better with age. I wasn't a big rap on DC a few years ago, but uh, I, I I pay credit to him. He's a very good captain for the Queenslanders. Uh, he was the best halfback in the series, and he's been really good for Manly this year. So well done him in getting uh, the green and gold jersey back. Uh, up front, uh, two guys who have a Samoan heritage, Haas and Big Tino. Um, both great players. Um, interestingly, the hooker, Ben Hunt, says he doesn't want to be a hooker uh, when it comes to club, but he's happy to wear the number nine for Australia and deservedly so. I think, uh, we, again, we saw him in the World Cup last year. Liam Martin is the best second rower in the game. Cam Murray is one of the best back rowers in the game. They make up the second row. Graham, any um, any insights into the the fitness slash health of Cam Murray? I know he's had his injuries this year. Nothing that you know. I I know. Um, you know that that hasn't been reported. I think he's one of those players too that has had a few injury concerns. Um, it, it was hard to tell also at the end of the year because there were times with Cameron Murray, like obviously he's a he's a quality player and has been playing good football this year, but there were times when South Sydney were down on form and there were, there were also aspects where you're thinking, oh, geez, you know, Murray may not be 100%. Um, yep. you know, all, all we can assume, I suppose, is is that, you know, he's in this team this week, he's starting in the second row, is that he's he's fit and good to go. But, um, yeah, this year, this year more so than others, I think it's starting to... The, the he way he's tired. The way he plays, um, yeah. I, I feel like we've... You know, I've been thinking for a couple of years now, I, I'd often say to people, you know, he's the type of guy that's, you know, that... You know, you know, obviously, when I'm talking about his career, obviously not his life, but you know that live fast, die young, that play hard and and burn out, burn out early. And I think this year we started to see after a few years under his belt, it catch up with him a little bit, um, because you you can't go with that intensity week in week out without it, um, you know, having some sort of impact. But yeah, he he's he's one of those players where I think he's going to, you know, he's the only rabbito in this um this this Australian squad. I think we're going to see. When surrounded by other quality players, I think we'll see see the best of him. So um, he's outstanding. Uh, yeah. You know, he he's a great player. Uh, I was a little surprised, I guess, given the injuries and whatnot. But we saw him come off the bench in the World Cup, and he was phenomenal in that role. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, there's a few guys who uh, who aren't. We've we've had a bit of a dearth of second row was this year and we talked about it in, in a podcast a few weeks ago Martin has been the standout in the second row Isaiah Yo gets his uh, lock position there um, ahead of Pat Carrigan either of them can do that role um, they're both great players Carrigan off the bench Lindsay Collins we know has uh, at representative level been outstanding and, and very good for the Roosters late in the season Ruben Cotter uh, I think he was the Wally Lewis medal winner this year. Has to be there. Um, can cover uh, prop 
lock second row if need be uh and harry grant it's it's an all queensland uh, interchange there interestingly mm. um yeah it's it's a good side it's a good side um we know there's a lot of guys not there because of injury and whatnot but the couple of guys who didn't make the squad um the NRL Player of the Year in, in Kalen Ponga and uh, uh, arguably the NRL Player of the Year, Reese Walsh. Um, couldn't, wasn't eligible for the Dali M because of his suspension. But um, interesting, they don't make the squad. Uh, we see on the extended bench there, Hines, uh, who came in as a result of Nathan Cleary's injury. Jake Trebojevic. Tom Flegler, um, who hasn't played for Australia previously. Valentine Holmes, very interesting, uh, of course, with the goings-on of, of Val Holmes. Um, hasn't had his best season, um, but uh, we know he's, he's a great talent. On the f- well, how do you rate the Aussies, uh, the 1-7? I think it's a phenomenal team, and I think it just shows, obviously, yeah, from the point of view the 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 depth. You know, you can have that many players missing and still have the the high quality players you've got. And I'm, I think that was highlighted when you were talking about, you know, the likes of you know Tom Flegler being in the reserves. Um, I I think you know if if someone said the best Australian team right now one to seventeen. Yeah, okay, there's, there's, there's players missing, but this is still, you know, the it's a, it's a phenomenal team. It's still one of the, you know, the best international teams in the, in the world at the moment. Australia is one of those countries where we've just got so much depth and, and talent and superstars at the moment in the game that, you know, when you've got a player like, you know, players like Dylan Edwards and, you know... You, Katoni Stag, Cherry Evans is the backup halfback. It just it just shows that we're we're, we're sport for choice, and I think it's a phenomenal team, regardless of those that um, aren't necessarily available. I've just seen something. I'm looking at the uh, Tua Samoa team, um, and I, I was quite shocked when I looked at the number six. Have you seen that lineup, Graham? Tua Samoa. They've got Stevie Crichton at number six. I can't believe that. You look at. Oh. The, there's some there's some names in that team though, isn't there? There are. Well, obviously, they're missing some talent. Um, Luai would be in that jersey, but yeah, Stephen Crichton at six. That's mm, yeah. I I, uh, I don't. Uh, I think Ben Gardner is the coach now. He's the assistant coach at Penrith. Yeah. So he'd know about Steve Crichton, but he's out of position there. That's not his skill set. Um, anyway, uh, the the young Far Longo, he's a precocious yes. talent Pull from back. the Storm. He's playing fullback. Can't argue that. Murray Tualongi, he swapped the green and gold for the blue and white. He was in Australia's World Cup squad last year. Now he's uh, in the Samoans. Again, I, I don't like that concept, uh, but it is what it is. Tango, uh, hopefully he's fully recovered from his injuries, but I'm not sure on that. 
Yongton of Apia was uh, quite good for the storm, but then his form dropped off uh, late in the year. Toto is arguably the best winger in the world. I'd have Crichton in the centres rather than at six, but uh, that's how they line up. Dejan Arce had a good year for the Eels when he came in, uh, particularly to, to replace Dylan Brown. Forward pack, our man, Gordon Chan. Yes. Kong. There he is. International the superstar. Chan Kong Tong, man. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so good to see him there. Big Stefano, he played a game for the Blues, as did uh, Paolo, who's part of the Blues. He's uh, wearing the blue and white of, of Samoa. So they're two, uh, two good uh, props there. It's uh, some big humans wearing the 8 and 10 of the two teams, all of Samoan heritage. Um, yeah, uh, then Luciano and... Uh, Luciano, I don't think he had his best year, but he's, he's a good player. I think uh, I really like Connolly Lemuelu. I thought he really went well for the Dolphins. Keenan Palacia uh, mentioned him earlier. I thought he was very good in the grand final. They've got him at 13. They've got uh, Spencer coming off the bench. Terrell May was really good for the Roosters. The Bloon, I don't know if he's represented some more before, but. Uh, I'd have the balloon ahead of Luciano uh, as a second rower. And then you've got Ronald Volkman, who is a half on the bench there. Will we see him start and uh, maybe Crichton to the centers and uh, maybe Tonham appear to the bench? I wouldn't think that's a bad way to go. Um, Hunt, Matamua, Maju, and, and Tommy Talau on the uh, extended bench there. What are your thoughts, Graham, on, on uh, Tour Samoa? Yeah, they've got a good good team. I mean, you know, obviously when it comes to this game and, and picking a winner and, um, you know, looking at who, who, who I feel is going to come out with with the victory, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously talking Australia here. I think it's, you know, definitely going to be an Australian win and it could be a, a very hefty one at that. But um, there's some there's some exciting players and some good players there that I'm really keen to look at. Uh, we've talked a lot on the on the podcast about Tulangi Tongo, um, Brian Tao, world class. Very interesting to see how Crichton goes at five eight. I think there'll be a lot of responsibility on him to um, you know to run the ball to take the line on. Um, as you said, he's out of position. That, that's just a case of look, we've got you know one of the most talented players at the moment, informed players in the world. Let's get him in a position where he gets um, a lot of ball. But you know, I, I, I like their forward pack. I think they're gonna they're gonna lay a good platform. There'll be some well, they're big. Uh, they're, they're massive pack, and you know, like I said, there's yeah, apart, apart from the kangaroos, you know, there's no other side really in this um, in this competition with as many. NRL name players in it, but um, you know we'll, we'll see some 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 good spots here and there from Toa Samoa. But um, look, I, I just think that with the quality of the Kangaroos, it's going to be very hard for us to see anything of note from uh, from these guys as a team. But um, the Samoans have proved us wrong before. This is a replay of the World Cup final. It is. It it, it definitely is. So. Um, Look, 
uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? Is it, is it going to be as clean cut? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting a big Australian win. Is it? Am I being a bit unfair to Samoa? No, you're giving your opinion. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't know if, about the balance. Of, oh no, look at Stephen Crichton in, in the number six jersey. You know, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I'd actually look at it and think, okay, Dejan Arce, you're essentially a five eight. Ronald Volkman, you're a half. Play there. Crichton, you're the world's hmm. best centre. Play in the centres. Um, that's how I'd go. Yeah. I mean, their forwards are strong. Forwards are very strong. Definitely. Uh, including what they've got on the bench. Lenu, Terrell May, Helam, Lukey. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be very entertaining. Uh, the other game... Uh, Sunday afternoon's the other game, the Kummels and the Cooks. Um, this one here, this is another game where we're going to see um, you know, sprinklings of, uh, of, of of NRL players throughout. It's, a, it's very hard to comment on this because there are a lot of players I don't know much about. Um, but, you know, there's, there's some names there, like Alex Johnston, who actually, I don't, I don't know if we've talked about this before, Alex Johnston's actually... Re- released a, uh, a children's book so um, yeah so um it's uh, it's it's, it's sort of, i have to laugh it's uh it's sort of the story of this uh it's called a footy tale and um right. from what i understand it's the uh the story of this uh basically this team which is uh represented by a rabbit taking on uh <laughs> taking on uh challenges and so on and so forth so uh yeah it's a, it's a bit of fun if you've you know for someone like myself who's got a, a little fella that likes me to read in books at the moment it's definitely one i'll be looking to pick up in the next oh, very uh, good couple of weeks or so um so yeah definitely definitely worth a mention there a bit of a plug for him but um yeah i don't know if you've looked much at these these teams here for the um the cook islands and the and, and png just want your thoughts here. Uh, I was looking through, and, and and like most people, I think picking out the players that I'm familiar with, you know, your Nene McDonald's, Auckland Lambs, um, Jack DeBellin playing for, for the Kummels. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got as well. a grandmother was born there or something. I'm not sure, but he qualifies. So, yeah. Um, there's, there's probably more NRL uh, talent in the. PNG side, um, Johnson obviously. Um, I don't know that one's his spot, but I guess um, Xavier Colt's missing. I'm not quite sure. I assume he's injured, um, but uh, he is a PNG guy. Uh, Zach Labert made his debut. Did some good things for the Cowboys. Nene McDonald, we know he's he's got talent. He's he's played for a number of clubs. Lockie Lamb had a big year over in the Super League. Um, Jacob Alik, uh, again one of the carpool favourites, uh, thought he was really good for the Gold Coast. He's in the second row. Jack DeBellin, um, the hooker. Uh, I can't remember the guy. He was hooker of the year in the World Cup, but he's I don't think he's made this team. It certainly wasn't Judah Rimbu who's uh, who's listed there, but he plays over in the Super League. Unfortunately, my name, his name escapes me. 
Justin Oldham can't make the team. Number 21. Brees Martin, who's been a mainstay of of the PNG side over probably five or six years, can't make the team. So um, it must be a decent... Uh, they must be decent players uh, that they've got there. Smattering of, of NRL, of current NRL players only in the, in the Cooks... Uh, uh, oh, they normally call them the Cookies, but uh, they're just listed as the Cooks now. The Cooks. Um, so they'll be uh, trying to uh, come up with a recipe for success. Um, they've got uh, the Masters cousins there, neither of whom I think played NRL this year, Isan and Stephen. Brad Takarangi, um, I thought he'd retired, uh, but he's uh, number six. Was he playing in the Super League? or? Yeah, he's been a few years in the Super League. Oh, okay. Yeah. Davey Mawale is a current uh, NRL player with the Rabbitohs, of course. He is, yeah. Makahesi Makatoa, um, current sort of NRL player, seemed to fall out of favour at the Eels. Zane Tedavano's coming back from the Super League to play in the second row. We know him as a prop. Um, I think probably we see PNG, the Kumuls, get up here. Uh, uh, but uh, good on the uh, the Cooks for they're trying to advance their cause to make the next World Cup. Um, they didn't make the top eight, so they've got to qualify. I think I read somewhere that there'll be one qualifier from the Northern Hemisphere and one qualifier from the Southern Hemisphere that's not already there. So uh, the Cooks will be... Uh, working on that recipe to get into that uh, next World Cup. Um, the Kummels, I think uh, they made the top eight, so they're already there. Uh, mm. Thoughts, Craig? Yeah, I, I'm a bit... As I said, there's some players here that I know of. There are some players that I'm not as uh, familiar with. I think this is just going to be one of those games where... You know, it's it's hard to give every anyone an indication on on form and so on and so forth. I think it's just going to be. I think it's going to be an entertaining game, and you've got a you've got a mix of players who you know experienced players, and you've got some young players there who will be using this as a as an opportunity to to get some eyes on them, and um, you you know that with these um, these two nations that they're going to be very. Um, very keen to represent their country and give their all. So I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be um, yeah, a really, really entertaining game with some good good footy. Uh, hmm. and, and and also, too, just before we finish up tonight, we've also got to, got to mention that the Pacific Championships, we talked a lot about the women's game. There's also the, the women's Pacific Championships, um, Jillaroo's, Ferns, Samoa and Fiji. The Jillaroo's taking on the Ferns on Saturday, if I'm not correct. Griffo, not sure yeah, if you've had a chance yeah. Yeah, to have a, a good, look at yeah. uh, those teams. But coming out of the um, out of the NRLW uh, season, we're, we're we're very familiar with the form of a lot of these players, and um, and and we can see, yeah, especially with the Jillaroo's and and also to the Ferns, we've got some some really good talent there. Uh, 
with a season of NRLW under their belt and they're, they're, they're right in the thick of things, which is great to see. That Australian back line looks pretty good, doesn't it? It does. I was just looking at that thing Chapman, and thinking... Sergis, Kelly, Julia Robinson. Tony Robinson was really good this year. Short. Yeah, I don't know if we talked enough about about her. I know we mentioned it here and there, but, geez, that's a good good team. And even you know some of the some of the players you're looking at uh you know as, as you go through the forward pack with you know we know we've talked a lot about Koenig and Apps in the in the second row is um Samaya Taufa I mean you know she's yeah, she's sure. another one who's really really put her um put her hand up and put her put her name out there as one of the um the, the players to watch um I think this is just another another case of it's going to be going to be really entertaining, and I'm I'm really hoping that the Gillaroos can get the job done here because I think there's enough talent there to get the job done. Yeah, um, they've been the dominant nation now for for a while. The uh, the Australians. It used to be that uh, they were always struggling to to beat the Kiwis um, or the Ferns, as they're known. Um, yeah. They've dominated recently. It's still there's some good players in that Ferns team. Uh, Mele Hufanga, who was outstanding at the World Cup and very good for the Broncos, she's there in the centres. They've got to Racine McGregor, who was um, not this year but the previous year the uh, Dally M winner. Um, Ash Quinlan's been very good in the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be competitive, um, and then we uh, move on to Fetu Samoa up against the Fiji women. Um, now I don't know a lot about uh, either of these teams. Just having a a look at them, there is a, obviously a, a number of players who played this year in. The NRLW. I know the Fijians had a few girls, but I know some of them were injured. The the Tigers uh, girl, very good. She played State of Origin uh, um, in the junior girls. Um, was outstanding. The five eight. The name escapes me, but uh, she's not there. Um, A smattering of well, more more of a, an NRL uh, W list there for the for the Fetu Samoa. I think they'll they probably win this game. But uh, for those who weren't in the NRL W, this is an opportunity mm. to put yourself out there and uh, and jag a, a contract for next year because obviously uh, clubs will be looking at this and. Uh, trying to fill their roster um so this is a good opportunity for these girls to put uh, to put themselves out there and um maybe earn a contract on the back of it yeah i i totally agree i think that um this i, I think this will come back to what we were talking about before i think it'll show that there is some 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 depth there and there are some some talented female players that we may not have seen uh seen yet and i think this uh 
opportunity for the international football is going to going to bring that to the forefront. So I'm really excited about it this week. Um, you know, there's plenty of football happening. I mean, who'd have thought? You know, the season's over, and here we are with all this football to to not only talk about but to look forward to. But um, I think really all that's left to do now is to to sit back this week and watch the uh, the international games and. Um, and uh, but I'm not know, watching the boxing or the Koori Championship. Uh, so. Yeah, well, that was the other thing we were going to talk about, and I've I was almost going to bump it for time, but we might as well talk about it. At the top of the top of the show, I talked about the um, extracurricular activities that we're seeing in the uh, the NRL. We were going to we'll, we'll give it a bit of a discussion here because we have seen some examples of this. Um, more prominently in in recent weeks, uh, we've just had, as we always do around grand final time, we've had the Curry Knockout, which is a great community um, event, uh, especially for the for the Indigenous community. Uh, we we've also seen, as a result of that, I mean, probably the most prominent story coming out of that is the one involving Josh Adokar and the implication then for Australia. Uh, we've also you know, as you mentioned there, we've got NRL players who are interested in taking up boxing matches and just, look, just, just to suppose a comment here um, on the impact it's having on, you know, from the club's point of view, I suppose, Griffo, we've got uh, players looking to to do these other activities where there is a high risk of, a, of an injury or, you know, suspension in in the case of Josh Adokar. Uh, I know that you've got some uh, some opinions on this one. Yeah, I I believe that uh, if you're a professional rugby league player, that that's what you are. You play professional rugby league in the NRL or if your team's lucky enough to make it through to the World Club Championship, that's what you play. Uh, And I believe that it should be in the contracts of all NRL players that if you want to play in the NRL, you will not be a boxer. You will not go and essentially play park football, um, irrespective of your culture. Um, You can go along, you can be part of uh, the event. Ambassadors, so on and so forth. Ambassador, whatever. Um, But you're not playing. You're not playing. Because, as we've seen, uh, Tyrell Sloan picked up a syndesmosis injury. Now, it's not going to stop him from playing game one next year, but it's going to set him back a long way. And uh, Coach Flanagan would have targeted him and put it be putting a lot of work into him to improve essentially his strength and his defensive game. He's a, we know he's a, sort of a brilliant attacking player, but essentially he can't tackle. Um, that may be a little harsh, but we've seen lots of examples of where he hasn't been effective. In defense and he's now unable to train he's got an injury um, and we know that uh, Cindy when she uh, 
she comes a calling. No, when uh, she comes, yep. You might be out for six weeks or so. Um, so the dragons would be livid uh, with what's happened. We've seen Josh Shadow Carr involved in uh, uh, some sort of brawl. Um, and obviously, if you're an NRL player, you're gonna, you've got a bit of a target on you. Um, guys who, you know, just going to say, I'm going to take this guy out. I'm going to show him, you know, that I'm just as good as he is and whatnot. You're open to that. And you don't need to be. You can be part of an event without taking part. Luttrell pulled out of the kangaroos because of a finger injury. Apparently, he played about 10 minutes with the blessing of his club. Um, if I was a South supporter, I would not want Luttrell playing with an injury. Given the number of games he has missed for the Rabbitohs through both in injury and suspension, I know they want him happy. They believe that's the way to go. That's treating with kid gloves. And it may be best, but the reality is they didn't make the semis this year. One of the reasons they didn't make the semis was because they didn't have their highest profile player for a lot of the season. Mm -hmm. And I, I applaud Luttrell. He won the Ken Stephen medal. Obviously, he does great work in his community. That's to be applauded. But he doesn't have to take the field when he's... Uh, it's just not necessary. Give him a jersey. Make him part of a team. But he's non-playing. Um, and that's nothing to do with, you know, anything... I don't want to be you know, seen as being a, well, you, you know, you're offending a culture here. You can be part of an event without taking part in the event and still being, you know, experiencing your culture. Like, I go and watch the Anzac March. I don't march. I'm still part of it. Um, it's part of my culture. But I don't have to march to be part of it. I, I don't know if um, if that's. I think yeah. what we're going to start to see is I think we're going to start to see clubs. Because yeah, especially with this Josh Addo Car thing, it's. I know it's affecting more so the international landscape, and it's at the end of the year. But I think clubs are going to be more wary of the the dangers of this, and I think this is going to be the next step, possibly in the professionalism of our game, where yeah, we're 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 one big, you know, massive superstar away from being injured for this not to happen anymore. I I just think I think that that it's a, it's it, rather than it being a big thing, and uh, you know, we haven't had that big impact happen yet to a, to a you know, huge player where it's, you know, someone does a, you know, like Luttrell doing an ACL and being out for a year for South. I think it's going to be a bit more of a snowball thing over the next few years. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I think that, that teams are going to be more aware of it. And it might be, might be part of 
contracts and agreements going forward. Well, I think you because take you, the, you even think take of the teams out of it. Just the NRL's got to say, yeah, every contract. You know, and your if contract you be, registered with the NRL. You, you that's your, that's you, their brand, and yeah. you know if you get if you get injured playing NRL, that's a that's a different thing. But also too, you know, looking at um, yeah, their main assets they protect they got to protect their assets the nrl i suppose that's one way of putting it you have to yeah. it's not it's not uh, it shouldn't be oh yeah the club gives you a blessing to go and play don't don't put it on the club just say all right look you want to be an nrl player this is what it means Here are the conditions means yep. you are only an nrl player you don't go they're not allowed to play touch footy they're not they don't do go and do things like that you don't play anything else other than this, what you're being paid to play. If you don't like it, fine. But you're not an NRL player then. Yeah. Um, I, I think in years to come, you're going to see a lot more beyond sport, just even high-risk activities and things that and fair enough. for injury put fair in there. Enough. Because, yep, I, I, I totally I, I, I totally see the, the merit in it. And, and it's not about, uh, like you said, I think, I think you... You made it clear that you know, especially with the the Curry Cup, it's not about um, taking away that representation. It's about representing in a way that's that's not going to to compromise the um, you know the the athlete's ability to to perform their their job for their team. Then the other side is this whole boxing. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Um, I believe. And I'm not 100% sure, but this is what I heard, that um, Tamalolo did not or is not part of the Tongan squad pulled out of that so he could have a boxing match. Um, Big Nelson, I think he had a box or he's going to have it. I don't know if it's happened or not yet, but um, why? Why is that a thing? You want to be a boxer, retire. Be a boxer. Like Tavita Panga Jr.'s done. Um, or you wait till you, you, your career's over, like Paul Gallen did, and, and you have it, your boxing career. You, yeah. you, you can't be both. It's um, You cannot it's a, be both. Like, you are an NRL player, that's what you do. You don't want to be an NRL player, that's okay. That's okay. But you're not an NRL player for eight months of the year, and then you're a boxer. Um, and and I just think again, it's it's not something that a club. You know, it, okay. For example, um, let's say a guy is choosing between two clubs. One club says, "Yeah, oh, you can go and be a boxer in the off season." The other club says, "You play for us. You're not boxing." Hmm. Um, it shouldn't come to that. It's just NRL. This is in your contract. You will not participate in any other sport that potentially puts you at the risk of injury. And if you don't like it, don't sign the contract to be an NRL player and take the cash. Yep. Um, it's This is a fully professional game. Uh, and we're seeing things that are not necessarily professional. And this from is some where... And this is where rugby league has always had that aspect of, you know, that the big, 
the big professionalism you see in sports, and I know we're talking bigger money, but you know, you think of you couldn't imagine this happening with an English Premier League player or an NFL no. player. No, they, they they'd look at you if you're mad. You're going, they go, no, you're Mbappe. Oh yeah, it's the end yeah. of the season. I'm I'm going to go and fight Lionel Messi. You know? <laughs> I think you're mad. Yeah, so it's, I think that's just somewhere where the NRL need to understand that. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, the, there are stars there, but play the play the hard line because um, these are these are assets you need to protect, and if not, put the put the the money and effort into someone who's going to commit. Exactly, and and I mean Pangai Junior, he's made a decision. Uh, he's left yep. the NRL to be a boxer. Which is, because he didn't like uh, coaches and halfbacks telling him what to do. He wanted to be his own own boss, and he's too too big to be yeah. a halfback. Unfortunately, <laughs> so, but uh, you know all the power to him. Good luck to him. He's, it, he's, that's his decision, and I respect yeah. that. Yeah, I respect his decision. Um, such a wasted talent in the as far as yeah, his NRL career goes, but Marbury you know player. he's he's made a decision. And uh, you know, if he if he goes well, good on him. Um, if he doesn't, a lot of people say we'll see him back in a we'll year. Well, soon, but... I don't know if we will. I don't know um, if another. I mean, he's been to a few clubs, uh, and uh, anyway, he played State of Origin this year, and I guess that's one of the things that uh, poor old Freddie uh, can look back on and think. Well, maybe I didn't make the right choice there. Um, Freddie, who's no longer the Blues coach. Uh, that's uh, something since we last had a our last podcast. Mm. Um, maybe by the time we do our next podcast, we'll know who the <laughs> new coach is. Could be. Yeah, that's 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 something. Yeah, and that's a, that's a big watch this space. I think that's going to be a a big talking point um, over the off season and even possibly, you know early part of the next season. But um, I think considering that, you know, it's, uh, people will be, be saying, gee, it's the off-season, I think we've done pretty well to cover what's going on. Um, obviously, the, the the grand final was, was absolutely phenomenal, but there's still plenty of football to look forward to uh, with the internationals on the weekend. Um, don't don't forget this weekend to, to tune in and, and have a look because there's going to be uh, some entertainment, but also to you know, it's it's great to support the international game because that's something too that we've been talking about for a long time. That um, it is something that really needs to be uh, supported and celebrated the international game of rugby league because um, without the growth, the growth of the international game is is one of the key elements for the uh, long term success for this sport. So I think the 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 Gillaroos game is six, and then the the Kangaroos might be in just after an eight o'clock kickoff. So Saturday night is the big uh, time Correct. for these internationals. Yes, so um, I think yeah, it's a double header at uh, Townsville. Okay. Yeah, well, good for the people of Townsville. Yeah, yeah, great to get out there. Uh, it's a good stadium they got there at, at, at Townsville. It'll be it's one on the list to to visit and see a game of. Uh, footy at um, but uh, for now I'm content with the uh, Carpool Rugby League and basically we're just looking forward to the footy this weekend and having you guys on board throughout the off season thank you so much for being on board and uh, 
enjoy your week. Thank you, uh, and uh, Greg, you've led the team well, as always. <laughs> this is, thank you for being with us. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back, uh, not necessarily on a weekly basis, but uh, from time to time, certainly while these uh, internationals are going on. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye.